very grateful to be here. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again. And that's all I'd do. You know, if you live hard and you play hard and you burn the candle at both ends, you pay the price for it. You know, in this life you can lose everything that you love, everything that loves you. Now, I don't hear as good as I used to, and I forget stuff, and I ain't as pretty as I used to be, but God damn it, I'm still standing here, and I'm the ramp. As time goes by, as time goes by, they said he's washed up, he's finished, he's a loser, he's all through, but you know what? The only ones who are going to tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. You people here. You people here are the ones who are worth bringing it for because you're my family. I love all of you. Thank you so much. Have you ever seen a one-trick pony and feel so happy and free? If you've ever seen a one-trick pony, then you've seen me. Have you ever seen a one-legged dog making his way down the street? If you've ever seen a one-legged dog, then you've seen me. And welcome, 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 and happy WrestleMania week from the podcast that does what it says on the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. My name's Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and that's it, because Liam followed one birthday with another. He's out for a <laughs> birthday weekend. We wish him all the happiness. I sent him a voicemail on the day of his birthday, which just me going, happy birthday! If, if, to any of our North American <laughs> listeners, if you've uh, seen um, Frosty the Snowman, the Christmas special, that's basically the happy birthday I gave him on a voice message. Uh, I didn't do the thing that everybody else does, which is like, let's post pictures of us. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and leave a voicemail. And that was yeah. that was what I did. Uh, so he's out having a good time. He checked in with the pod today, uh, asking what <laughs> the most asking typical Liam... what we were recording. <laughs> the most typical Liam question ever. What he, usually doesn't want to come over to watch stuff what are we watching again <laughs> you were here last week when we announced it but yeah so uh, we are here today to do episode 115 that's a lot that's a lot Ooh. we're here to do the wrestler mm-hmm. yeah so i think we got three levels of i mean if it was interesting liam was here because liam is very much not a wrestling fan yeah but really engaged last year because last year we did wrestlemania week we did fighting, fighting my family. family yeah um, and so we talked about, let's just sort of open the, the sort of conversation up right off the hop again. Anybody here a wrestling fan? Yeah. Yeah, you're, I mean, I mean, you're, you're casual. Yeah, still a fan, though. No, like when the Rumble comes around, you'll be like, Rumble? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, WrestleMania, you'll be like, WrestleMania? Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, it's just very much, you're kind of like in a way, oh, like, l- let, let me know if something interesting happens. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I follow the follow the, a lot of the ones I like on Twitter, though. Oh, do you? So, oh, okay. You know. So there's that. Ethan? I, I kind of used to when I was a kid. I was I, like my my main um, thing. I I play like WWE 2K, like whichever one would come out, and that would be sort of my that would be my doorway to to wrestling. And then uh, they stopped coming out for the PS3, so I didn't play them for a couple of years, and then I just sort of tape it off. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm a bit of a diehard. 
Um, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. Like, like, like one person on every movie podcast I know, there's this weird Venn diagram where you have movie podcasters <laughs> and wrestling fans, and it's a significant overlap. I don't know if it's the larger-than-life persona. I think that's probably it. I think you can clearly see that I wanted to be a wrestling manager. When I, when, I, when, I, when I realized it looked like it hurt to actually be a wrestler, I was like, oh, manager, that's me. I want to be Paul Heyman. I want to come occasionally out. occasionally in the ring and get thrown around. Yeah, I just have to come up with these, like, catchphrases. That'd be really hard to do. Just come up with sound bites that could be re- repetitive and people would, like, chant along with you. Oh, oh. Have, like, a couple dramatic storylines. <laughs> I mean, tell me there's not a bigger heel than hashtag Ian is always right, you know? <laughs> like, yep. that's, that's perfect. I'm, I'm all set up. For I've noticed that. how many people do like wrestling. Like whenever we have like some some new sort of participation or reply, I'm like, let's see what this person. It's always like retweeting stuff or tweeting stuff about wrestling. I'm like, I think one of the good things about Twitter oh, is that it's let people who have because for I mean you never admit like a regular group of people. Yeah, I like wrestling. No, <laughs> no, no, no. And what the internet has allowed is it has allowed a community where you can be full of people who are just as nuts about like a niche interest <laughs> as this is as, as as you are. We're going to talk about that. And wrestling's a very broad term. And it can be, there's yeah. many different types of wrestling. And the movie actually shows them. We'll, we'll come back to it when we come to the movie. But um, there is, like, a whole thing. I think I'm kind of off the whole, w- even though it's WrestleMania week, I'll watch WrestleMania. But I'm kind of off WWE. I'm kind of switching over to to AEW and going, I just, at this time of my life, they seem to fit what I'm after a little bit more. Yeah. So there we go. CM Punk, Dan Mackle, you owe me $20. All That's right, true. Moving, moving on. Let's talk about, uh, hey, all around the world, where did we chart Ooh. this week? Exciting stuff. We charted this week in, someone's going to have to do the role for Liam, in Canada. Oh, I thought Ethan would do it. Is, oh, I, can't, I wasn't going to with the lag. That's a good point. In Canada. Canada. In Australia. Good day. Uh, in Norway. Yoo-hoo, big winter blowout. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Is that Norway? I don't know. That's uh, from Frozen as well. It is Frozen. Well, so. I think the theory is that Arendelle's in Denmark. Oh, is it, Nor- is it Norway or is it Denmark? Um, the coast of Norway? Um, no, no, little, no, little Mermaid's Denmark, so I think they're yeah. Norway. Okay, uh, regardless, Denmark! <laughs> Uh, sell your legs for a man there we go uh, we, 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 we can probably move on now in the netherlands in switzerland in malaysia we were number 62 here at home in great britain Very we cool. were number 34 in south korea we were number wow. 33 in nigeria mm-hmm. we were number one in ghana hey. ghana and you'll oh. notice he gave the pause. It wasn't the definitive stop because we are number one. We kept the light on. <laughs> We're back in Sierra Leone. It's Sierra Leone. That's brilliant. <laughs> you know who that is? That's Carlo from, from, from the airport. That's what that was. <laughs> A birthday wish I did not recognize fully as I was spinning all the plates last week. That was cool. I, I was well tired. It makes me happy. So there we go. Uh, so wherever you are in the world, um, and whether you charted or not, this is just an Apple podcast metric. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening. Absolutely. For listening. Yeah, thank uh, you. And contributing whatever capacity that is. If it's listening to the podcast and doing nothing else, thank you so much. If it's listening to the podcast and sending a thousand tweets off, thank you so much. Yep. That's awesome. Um, if you haven't heard it yet, please go, why not go ahead and take a listen to our Back to the Future Part 3 episode from last week where we celebrated our second birthday. It was Perfect a time. good time. Um, we have a Batman Real Roundtable. We're going to record it at some point, but we're just <laughs> waiting for everybody to be here at the same time. <laughs> it's the podcast episode that we don't deserve, but the one we need. Yes, it is. So it'll happen at some point in April for sure. <laughs> and uh, Ethan and I just dropped an episode of Cleared for Takeoff on Ted Lasso Jeez. yesterday. And the day before, we dropped the end of the pawns yeah. on who do you think you are? 
I've had a busy weekend. There we go. Um, as always, though, we want to give our, our first, we'll do our shout outs. Our first massive thank you goes to our Patreon backers who help keep the lights yeah. on whoop, whoop. and the cokes cold here at the studio <laughs> of awesomeness. We want to thank, uh, Reverend Bruce. We want to thank Julian. We want to thank Hermes, Lena Oberholzer, Katie McRae, Ensign Ian Davies for making it so. Chris Peterson, Randall, what's your handle, Silva? <laughs> Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. The Yeet Meister. Yeet. And it's a welcome, 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 welcome to Nate Schmidt as he jumps into the Patreon pool. Yeah. Our newest Ooh. Patreon backer. So thank you. Very, very active. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just always humbling whenever someone says, yes, I think this is worth my support. Yeah. I want to help keep this going. And we're like, great, because it helps us want to keep this going. Definitely. It's encouraging it's awesome. to us. So it is awesome. Thank you very much. Um, looking for people who are interested in BFE Quiz Night. It might be a quick turnaround. So if you're interested in BFE Quiz Night, get a hold of me uh, ASAP on the Twitter. That's at Best Film Ever Pod. If you want to take on Danny, remember the only real criteria is we tend to make sure our patrons have a first crack if any of them are interested in the date. And then we pick up from everybody else who's up for that. But you can't have played last time. Don't make me have to do it again. I embarrassed myself so hard. Yeah. I have to pretend it was golf because lower scores are good in golf. Yeah, you pretty much. Did. I fear those. <laughs> that would be interesting. I think. I think. I think Ethan's reputation would be ruined on the pod. Oh, if yeah, he, that's the thing. If he went I, in, I'm too scared to. Ethan's got this like 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 uni savant thing going on for yeah. himself, and if he goes on that, it's like ooh, you'd be a Cambridge show up. student. Like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm bad at things. He's a student. To do with films. He's a student who attends a Cambridge University. A Cambridge yeah. University. <laughs> it's 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 a hell of Maybe a, it'll tell a, us a the title. Difference. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into. There's a mistake. I went back and listened to last week where we talked about Nigiri and what Nigiri was. Yeah. And I was just, I had it in my notes and then Hermes jumped in. (laughs) And And Georgia, just curious, the bit that's just the fish cut up by itself. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? I don't know. It sounded like what you're referring to. Probably. Yes. That's sashimi. Uh, Nigiri's the piece of... Sushi with, with the rice just underneath like the it. rectangle of rice. Yes, and you put a little piece of fish on top. Ah, so pop, that's pop nigiri. Of fish nigiri has got rice in it as well. Then sure, they make any it in nigi- the Sims. You can kill the Sims with it. Okay, any, any yeah. nigiri, you've got the piece of fish on top, and then yeah. like a a like uh, not, not 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 a cube, but like a rectangular version of a cube. Yeah, underneath it. A, yeah, yeah, a cuboid. Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I don't know. That's why was it onigiri? I think that must have been for like. Wrapped in rice, maybe? No, fudomaki is rice roll fish. No, is in like um, like roll. a like a bowl like a bowl of rice because you have onigiri's like the 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 fish or like the vegetable is sort of wrapped within a bowl of rice or a triangle of rice. Oh, okay, I don't know. This. I'm, mm. at, I'm 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 out of my depth. I made some sushi this weekend though. Very nice. Yep. I like I need sushi. to mix them again. My spicy mayo was, it's, it's definitely spicy. I got Amazon. So it's very spicy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you need to mix in with some normal mayo. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, um, onigiri means love and comfort. There Aww. we go. I felt both loved and comforted by my sushi today. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, Cheesy, who wanted me to point hey. out to you guys, that his name isn't Cheesy with a fish on a bike, which you guys thought it was last week due to my sort of, his gif was a fish on a bike. 
So therefore, he was cheesy with a fish on a bike. I'm so confused. What? You thought it was the greatest name ever, cheesy with a fish on a bike. Uh, and the, the with... <laughs> Like we had Ian Davies with a Star Trek gift. Yes. Cheesy with, with a fish, fish on a bike. bike. <laughs> Although I think from now on in, his name will be Cheesy, cheesy with, with a fish, fish on a bike. bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, cheesy himself got a hold of me and said, maybe you want to go ahead and change that. Uh, Josh, my next favorite movie, said, sorry, George and Liam, but it's definitely Lasso. Hashtag Ian is always right. Also, by the way, uh, Hermes, when talking about sashimi and nigiri, said, hashtag Team Georgia, but hashtag Ian is always <laughs> right. I'm not sure those two can be together, can they? As long as someone's always willing to admit that I'm always right, they can cheer for you all they want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, like it's, you like you cheer for the child that goes to Cambridge, actual Cambridge University, because they're like they're Aww. doing really well. But you're like, you can do it to yeah. like the little, yep. the little baby in Go the corner. Ethan, yeah. you've done it. Um, and then we've got, uh, but Ian Davy said hashtag Georgia is always right about Lasso. I'll say it like Yay. you know. I don't know. His flag's his name's a, not Ted Lasso. His flag. His flag's got a dragon on it, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> that makes him right. I, I will think. say, I did keep on. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil the gimmick, but I was watching a program where a British character called him Lasso by. Uh, I think just just by mistake, probably of just reading the script. Yeah. Uh, Ian Davies, uh, I said it was really fun last week to see behind the scenes with BFE on the birthday episode recording. Uh, I would say we had a lot of fun doing that. That was, uh, oh, yeah, we was kind of threw it out there as an idea, and I didn't realize how much fun that was going to be, and it really was. Mm-hmm. Once we got over the idea that people were watching us, that was yeah. a weird thing to go. <laughs> people are just going to watch us talk, but it was, uh, it was so much fun to interact. So, uh, I'm going to make sure of it next time. I mean, we did sort of say loosely it was always going to be the birthday, but I think I've yeah. picked out the date it's going to be. We'll make sure you guys have weeks and weeks and weeks of notice, just so you're aware. Yeah. Just so no one can forget. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be going, oh, I missed it. I wish I would have known more. You, yeah. You'll know whether you choose to do something else. That's on you. But <laughs> and there, and there's no blame if someone's like, I got a barbecue. Yeah, go do the barbecue. I totally would. Uh, but but if you're like, no, I got nothing else to do on that day. Yeah, come and, come and spend some time and... Uh, Watch us talk and join in. Should we do some ASMR yeah. barbecue food eating on no, here? I don't know. I'd say we were going to have a barbecue. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Ian Davies good. also got some BFE merch. He got a hashtag friend of the podcast t-shirt. Whoop, Russell whoop. said he's worn his so much. He needs to get another one maybe because he's got a little bit of a hole in it. Oh, no. Not because of the quality of a shirt, because he's worn it so much. <laughs> and That's cool. The people want, Ethan, a hashtag Ian is always right t-shirt. That came from two different yeah. sources. They Maybe want this. We have a whole take my money gif. <laughs> Hermes said he will give us money. So we need to, I've got my, I've got my idea for the I stand with a voice of reason. Hashtag Ian is always right. That needs to be a shirt. Can we have a team Georgia shirt too? A team, jo- a team Georgia with <laughs> actors without faces. I'm all about this. <laughs> how, how, I've got one in my head. How Georgia sees films. It's like two actors without faces. Hashtag team Georgia. <laughs> so there we go and then surely there's gotta be something about a cambridge like, they are right themselves you know yeah. what i mean yeah. Can we, no like the, you do the unit like the classic university logo that has like established whatever but you put like bfe a cambridge university yeah. <laughs> something um herbie said he was feeling self-conscious about his birthday wish to us after hearing russell's uh russell's was fantastic yeah, really yeah. enjoyed it. everybody who sent in a birthday wish oh i'll just go over to my sister here says that she sent one in i don't have it i searched everything i searched my bf email i searched my personal email 
it's not with us. So if you want to send it in, I'd, I'd have. I mean, we, send it in again, and we can have, we can listen to it and have Liam respond to it as well. I thought about doing it yeah. for this week, mm-hmm. but Liam's not here, so feel free to send that in again because apparently the kids said something. So uh, if it's in your send folder, cursed, it'll still be there. So go ahead and just resend it. Yep, everything will be good. Um, Russell also, sorry, Hermes also says he can't believe he missed the whiskey toast. <laughs> Wasn't expecting to do that when we when we when we rocked up that day, but yeah, it was nice. It was a nice organic. We all just kind of collectively, without saying anything, bought alcohol to the house. Well, I always yeah. well, it's it's, it's, it's my house, house, so I've got but, alcohol here. But, but yeah. yeah, but no, I but then burst once, the door once, once, Ethan just walked in with this bottle of whiskey. Just hand on, what are you doing? And, and, and then it hit me. I'm like, well, Doc does a drink's a drink. We can do it there. It's about just, just having those moments. Uh, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Says, God, did I miss the live watch? I, had to, uh, I just had so much going on at that time. Hopefully, I'll be better prepared next time. This was such a brilliant episode. Loved hearing all the messages and stuff going on, and you covered one of my favorites, too. I think that's a huge thing. I think if you're going to do one mm-hmm. where everybody's around, mm-hmm. you do have to cover a film that's got broad access to it yeah definitely yeah so i we have something that we need to a correction one last one that needs to be made so i'm gonna go ahead and push a button here best film ever more importantly georgia my sincerest apologies for leaving you out of the happy birthday message that we sent in for your anniversary episode um just my my bad i was sort of thinking of ellie's name and i knew that she's not on the show anymore or she comes and goes rather just not not regular but anyway it's neither here nor there to you sorry georgia you're the best so happy birthday georgia and everyone else that i already said see ya yeah you can say you're the best all you want you still forgot you <laughs> I'm trying to forget the best. But she, she, when he said he's the best, George's face lit up with this whole smug, like, I'm the best. I'm like, yeah, easy now. I, easy don't, now. I don't often hear that, all right? It's nice <laughs> to hear We got Team Georgia as a thing. I mean, what, what, is that, what, is that, what is that message supposed to mean? It's nice, but I mean, Georgia is the best. It's nice, too. <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, thanks a lot, Ed. Uh, thanks a whole lot. Ed's got some comments and some thoughts on The Wrestler. Um, he's got kind of a background with some of that stuff, so we'll be reading some of those thoughts. And they, on their podcast, did something on the wrestler just a little while back. I know it's one of Ed's favorite films. Uh, thanks a lot, Ed. Appreciate you doing that. Didn't ask him to do it. I just kind of heard that and and and, and ran with it. Uh, if Ed would like to fully make up to me, my birthday is July twenty second. Uh, so feel free to send an actual wow. birthday message then. Wow, there we go. There you go. Yeah. Didn't get an apology for the other two guys being like, "Who were those guys?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's this best film ever? I'm like, wow. They need to re- they need to dip their toe in the water of the genre they're a part of. Get to know who else is out there. Your competition. I don't like to think of us as competition. I like to think that we're all there's room for more than one of us at the table. I've yeah, always absolutely. said that. Absolutely. We are not competition. We are peers. But just see what else is going on out there. I've always said you gotta be listening to podcasts in order to make a good podcast. So on that note, shout outs. I'm gonna start with a random word. And the random word, because Liam is a monster, was Jules Verne. <laughs> Jeez. Uh Josh gave us the scene from the film where Doc introduces Jules and Vern. That's Josh from my next favorite movie. Yep. Ian Davies gave us just Vern doing the hand Vern gesture. The hand. <laughs> uh, some went for combo gifts where they took like two gifts and pushed them together. So Russell did that. Or, or some people included Jules from Pulp Fiction. Chris Peterson did that. Uh, Hermes went for some lateral thinking and took a picture of like jewels, like, like precious stones. Yes, oh. I, I do appreciate lateral yeah, yeah. thinking. 
uh, and Vern, or, or, or. Vern was Vern Troyer, yeah, he went, wasn't it? Yeah. No, he did jewels like hand jewels and then he just wrote and Vern. Oh, okay. And then Dwayne Smith had jewels and Vern Troyer. Yeah. Jewels from Pulp Fiction and Vern Troyer. I, I hate to do this. It's going to go to Ian Davies for the hand gesture. It's so It's just funny. so perfect. You yeah. just can't. Sometimes it is the literal one, isn't it? So there we go. So gift of the week. Ian Davies, make whoop, it whoop. it allow me Ian to make it so. There we are. <laughs> so, uh, big shout outs this week. Thanks to and these people are always because they always give us endorsements and support and all that yeah. up on the Twitter. That would be Chance Widmore. That would be Juleen, 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 Juleen. Ray from Not Before Coffee. Carlo, Lolo, That keeps going on the radio in the car, and every time I'm like, if I'm not driving somewhere important, I will stop and pull over and like no, dance no, to it. No word, no word of a lie. Uh, I was playing this game on my phone, and it's like Wordle, but it's for like songs. Mm-hmm. It's called Hurdle. And oh, today, and today, the answer. So, well, you guys can go ahead and get it now. But the answer is Jolene. And no word of a lie, I typed in Jolene <laughs> to a search bar. And then I went, "No, hang on, that's not the name of the song." <laughs> but probably me singing it as Jolene has now way outpaced the number of times in my life I've heard it as Jolene. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've also got uh, Ian from Bit Dad, the Adapted the Screen podcast. Chuck and Ruff go to the movies. We still need to get Chuck on the show at some point. The Saturday yeah. Morning podcast, So Wizard podcast, and our friends over at the Recasted podcast. Thank you so much. Another thank you to new listener Dan Lecky, who listened to us on an account of a wreck from the Recasted pod. Hey, that's cool. Wow. And I went ahead and said, hey, he went, hey, this is how uh, it turned out. And he went, hey, he went, I'm loving it already. And I said, I'm glad it landed on the good side. He said, the best side. I'm like, oh, okay, hey. Brian. Hey. So thanks a lot, Dan. Appreciate that. Using the branding. That gimmick. There we are. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't even realize that. Well done. <laughs> uh, friend of the podcast and poet laureate, that's Dwayne Smith. A Dwayne Smith. So the designated writer episode hasn't been mentioned much, but I thoroughly enjoyed it and would encourage you to go give it a go. The interview with Jamie Lynn and Alana is excellent, very insightful, and a great peek behind the process. Very funny, too. It's a short film, so it's easily accessible yes it has its plot holes and certain elements where you can suspend belief but what i picked up was the driving after a party are we supposed to believe that neither jenny or dave had drunk anything and were okay to drive no everyone drinks it but movie's got a movie that's all i gotta say about that Dwayne. movie's got a movie um there's a lot of wine glasses getting put away (laughs) yeah but there could have been a lot of people though but i would i would steer more so towards what what uh duane was saying in the first part which is if you haven't seen it go ahead and take a look it's like it's like an 11 minute film yeah Watch the 11 minute film and then listen to the interview. It was really interesting to do. It was really cool. And a really cool thing at the moment is on Jamie Lynn's Patreon, we're doing a thrift shop gift exchange. And I'm really excited about it. There we go. You're oh, only, allowed cool. to, only allowed to spend like five US dollars, but we've all been given yeah. a person to send oh, that's cool. a funny little like thrifty thing to. And then we're going to open them on a Google on a like, group call. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> so there's a thing, you know, for the, we, we do sort of say, hey, we do have a Patreon, by the way, but we also. I'm massively support. massive user you, of you, you're, the yeah, biggest, yeah. you're the biggest supporter of the pods I know. Uh, not pods, but mm. bi- other, other creators yeah. that I know. Um, what do we got here? We got Josh from Next Favorite Movie for every support. The guy is an absolute all-star. Uh, Pixel Fun. I need to go ahead and bring these people up. Yeah. This is the individual who made our logo out of still frames from yeah. the Back to the Future trailer. It looks so cool. Looks that awesome. is amazing. I don't suppose we can get the right to use that at all. Because if it's got stills from a trailer in it, I mean, to use the walk capacitor. 
maybe as one of the mini gifts that eventually come out for the patrons. I think the bigger question is, can we get that person to sign off on us using their creation? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, not so much it? about the future thing. I think that's kind of yeah. Because basically, we're just ta- we're, we're taking what's putting out there. Swinging. I mean, it's not the, they have a really hard time looking at going ahead and finding us yeah. sending like like fifteen little gifts out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think Universal's got much bigger fish to fry than that. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if it was Disney or Taylor Swift, we would. Which be is able how to you do know it. it's not nigiri because you don't fry nigiri. No. No, you just I knew put, that much. You just put some rice underneath it. <laughs> uh, to be fair, if it was Disney, they would have like sued us before we even finished the sentence. That's right. A new friend of the podcast, Nate, says uh, that the best of members become their favorite part of their Monday night when the episode drops. Hey. Happy Aww. birthday. Your content's only getting better. Like Nate is like pulling an Ethan when Ethan discovered the office. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Nate's just devouring everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stu World Order says uh, <laughs> he put something out there. We, we had Stu World Order on a couple of things we've done. Uh, I think he was part of the uh, Cinematic Council podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I think he was on one, if not two, quiz nights so far. And he got a hold and said, all of a sudden, one of my episodes just bounced up in the ratings. Yeah. And someone's Ooh. like, what is that? Is it such and such? And he went, no, actually, it's Ian from Best Film Ever doing Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> and I'm like, Ian equals ratings. At which point, it's a musical went, Georgia gets ratings too. Her episode <laughs> of It's Your Favorite Musical set records for the series. Yay. He said, you guys wow. are a genuine draw. So there we go. That was cool. Um, I will do, there's a little bit of something here I want to go ahead and bring up, if I can, as I'm multitasking, as I forgot to put it on the uh, on the format sheet for the day. But I've got this. Here we go. New Apple podcast review. One podcast to file them all. This is by (laughs) Nate, who's just shown up and goes, I listen to an insane amount of podcasts while I work. Theology podcast, political podcast, true crime, long form journalism, and so the list continues. The majority of what I listen to is heavy, weighty topics, but I also love movies. So I set out to find a movie podcast, the best movie podcast. I landed on this one and have revisited most workday since, scrolling through the backlog until I find an episode that pops out to me. Half the movies I don't even recognize. Those are probably Liam's picks. <laughs> but even those episodes are fun because the dialogue is so great. Each member of the podcast has a unique, fun, meaningful bit to offer. There's a variety of different formats, and I've enjoyed the talking to Mickey crossovers and cleared for takeoff episodes. If you enjoy meaningful dialogue, fun banter, mostly good opinions, I'm still salty from Iron Man not being the crown jewel of the show, and some education and movie trivia, film technique, and three hours of material for some episodes. Hey, Django Unchained episode, I had to restart that four times until I finally finished. To pass the slog of an eight to five by, quick, etc. this is definitely a podcast for you. Five stars. Yay. Oh, I like that he's gone you. back and also heard the talk in the Mickey stuff. That's cool. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just the stuff that we put there was an obvious crossovers, yeah. right? Where we mentioned that. I'm not sure if he knows that we had a Disney review. So, Nate, here you go. You might have this whole like Easter egg just opened up to you. If you there search, may be several people that didn't if, know. Yeah, if you're listening <laughs> to this and you don't know. We used to do uh, a sister podcast alongside this called Talking the Mickey. If you punch that into whatever podcast uh, search app you're using, mm-hmm. uh, you'll probably find about 75 episodes yeah. or something of us reviewing Disney films. So there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> you might have just uncovered. You're like, oh, I've listened to everything. First off, well done. Yeah, Secondly, yeah. Congratulations. we got a whole bunch of stuff for you to check out. <laughs> it's Disney-centric, but go ahead and check it out at Talking the Mickey. Um, and so uh, I'll just finally say here that Nate did get a hold of us furthermore and said, the fact you guys are wrestling fans like me make you that much cooler, and I like you so much more. I've never seen the wrestler, <laughs> but I'm 
now making a priority to watch before the episode drops next week. Now, I will mention again, we're not all diehard wrestling fans. I'm probably the biggest one. Of, well, I'll, I'll give it a you are the biggest I am the biggest yeah. one of the bunch. But... <laughs> But no, it's. Uh, I mean, you have two wrestling figures in your cabinet, and I only have one, so you know. I do. I have the Mountie, and I have Rowdy Roddy Piper, both good old Canadian boys. So I have, there we go. I have a Becky Lynch one at home. I got a Bret Hart Funko Pop over there. Yeah, so that's true. I got, I got three in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, what 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 transplanted Canadian doesn't doesn't throw something Bret Hart wise? I think it's a, <laughs> I think like a Bret Hart. T- I wear a lot of paint actually. I'm supposed to have a Bret Hart T shirt. I need to make that happen. I'll make that happen tonight before it's all said and done. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. Um, Let's go ahead then and move on to the film, The Wrestler, directed by Darren Aronofsky, who also did Requiem for a Dream, Black Swan, and Noah. Ethan, any any previous backlog with Darren Aronofsky? I love Aronofsky. I, I... I whenever we talk about like movies that horrified us, I always go to uh, one he did in 2017 called Mother, which is uh, Javier Bardem and uh, oh Jennifer Lawrence, and the entire thing is like a biblical allegory about Mother Nature and religion. And it's I I love him. Okay. I think it's great. Georgia, nope, not a fan, huh? I just hadn't seen any of him. You haven't seen Black Swan. No, I think I oh, think really? because okay. I, I no, I haven't seen Black Swan because it's more leans to more, more towards the horror side that I'm comfortable with. Uh, From what I've heard, I think for well, at least when I ca- when it came out, it's haunting. I'll give you that. Yeah. A horror is a bit of a weird one. Psychological thriller, psychological thriller with horror esque tones at times. There's not any jump scares or gore or anything. It's all it's all in the mind. Yeah, um, that's worse though. I'd rather watch like stupid jump scares and gore than. No, I've only watched the one uh, besides this. And I watched this a long time ago, and then I watched Black Swan a couple of years back, and was taken in by the cinematography of Aronofsky, and kind of went, "Is this his his gimmick?" And then watching this back again, yes, it very much is. <laughs> uh, I know a lot more about these things than I did when I watched the rest of the first time around. Because um, I probably think I've only seen this twice. Mm-hmm. I thought it was when it first came out, and I watched it. Yeah, because it was called The Wrestler, and how can I not watch it? <laughs> and then I watched it a second time for this, and that's really about it. Uh, but that's about all my knowledge of Aronofsky. I haven't seen uh, Requiem for a Dream. Someone did lend me a DVD. I've not watched it. Uh, I still have it years later. <laughs> but, yeah. I think uh, you've got a few like that in your I, I do. I, I'm terrible. Don't lend me DVDs. Just tell me to go buy something. I will. I will. I'll go buy it and I'll go watch it. You lend me it. You're probably not getting it back. <laughs> uh, Noah, is that the Russell Crowe one? I, that's the Russell Crowe and uh, what's the face that was Hermione? Emma, Wa- Emma Watson? Yeah, Emma Watson. Or or Reverend Bruce's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> or are they the same I, person? Was yeah. that, that was like 2014 or something. Because I, I remember the adverts for it, but I just don't yeah. remember anyone. No, I don't know saw it. Yeah. A screenplay by Robert Siegel, who out, hasn't done much other stuff, but has done The Founder. And I love The Founder. Oh, wow. Uh, the founder is the story. It's Michael Keaton. Um, it's the story of the guy who basically like robbed McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers. He's so good in that. Oh, Keaton's great. Like, yeah. I don't think it qualifies, but I mean, that's one that I could easily see me or Liam using because he loves that movie too. Yeah. We that's can, like 79%. I don't know which so one Michael close. Keaton is. 85% percent are cut off, buddy. Yeah, that's one thing. It's <laughs> okay, so close. Six, okay. Um, music by Clint Mansell, who did Requiem for a Dream, Doom, like The Rock in Doom. Oh, no. Smoke and Aces, Definitely Maybe, Moon, Black Swan, and Noah. So that's about as diverse as you can get. Moon's really good. I've never seen it, but it's very highly touted. Yeah, it's the same rock. Call. I it it has it has a good tone. There you I go. think. 
Um, so, The Wrestler is a 2008 sports psychological drama directed by Darren Aronofsky and written by Robert Siegel. Um, Robert Siegel was a former writer for The Onion uh, and answered <laughs> development at director Darren Aronofsky's Protozoa Pictures. Uh, the shoot lasted only 40 days. Wow. In January 2008, while filming took place on 16-millimeter film in various places throughout New Jersey and New York. Scenes were also shot at the arena in Philadelphia. Uh, the shoot wrapped up in March. So that would make sense with a 40-day time window. It would. I'd love to write for The Onion. How cool would that be? Probably pretty cool, I would you guess. Just write whatever yeah. you wanted. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's some guidelines. I oh, don't, I'm sure yeah. there is some guidelines, yeah. but like nothing. This stuff's pretty smart to be fair yeah. oh that's what i mean like it's not yeah. just stupid humor is it it's quite oh no no no, it's no. Quite clever. It's satire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's better than the daily mash i've signed up for the daily mash i need to unsign for the daily mash <laughs> um so the deep dive uh let's jump in shall we uh did you know this won the golden lion i don't know what Does that, that mean it's it's an award for the Venice Film Festival, and you can't miss it because it's literally the first frame of the movie. When you push play, it's the logo for the Golden Lion. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, then we get intro music and wrestling memorabilia. And the old wrestling photos of the Ram in his heyday are doctored photos of former wrestler Lex Luger with, um, with Randy Ram's head put on top of it. Uh, okay so that was good because he looks they make him look like he was like a legit big deal in the yeah, 80s yeah. and so it's by mm. a little a little photoshop um bang your head is the name of the song it's so 1980s it speaks to a bygone era which is great because so much of this movie is going to be about being in love with the version of yourself that you once were and the same Liam's not here because Liam and I are of a certain age where it can be really easy to get trapped into nostalgia and the idea of who we were mm-hmm. when we were younger. And it's such a major theme in this movie about not wanting to admit that things have moved on, that things have progressed. Yeah. And ask, is it wrong? Is it right to be sort of going, no, no, I still want to be the person? I don't know if the movie suggests. It's an interesting question. Maybe we we'll come back to it. The movie suggests that you have to progress. Mm. I don't know. Uh, so let's go ahead and so we get uh, it finishes though on a shot of a bunch of merch about randy the ram versus the ayatollah and you have to keep in mind that in the 80s wrestling jingoism was in full force <laughs> and this calls back to hulk hogan versus the iron sheik who was the iranian sort of menace mm-hmm. and so the ayatollah is very much just their attempt to kind of harken back to that and Randy the Ram feels like a Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage hybrid. He looks like Hulk yeah. Hogan, yeah. Randy Savage, yeah. So we go we go from the end of the modern day. And the modern day, and the music, and this is a few occasions, it just cuts. In a way that's almost Tarantino-esque. It just cuts. And now we see him from behind on a chair in an elementary school classroom. And there's like all the innocent kitty things. And <laughs> you see he's like coughing a lung up. And we see the promoter come in, give him some money, and it's not enough. And it's because the gate wasn't enough, so we can't afford to pay him what he agreed to pay him. And we still haven't seen his face, but we follow him from behind as he walks out into the gymnasium. And this is where we see him get approached at this very small-looking kind of indie show. And we see his, like, coat's, like, taped up. Yeah. So, you know, he can't even afford a new coat. Whoo! And this is where we meet Randy the Ram, played by Mickey Rourke. Uh, I can't see Liam was here. Liam would go on about a whole bunch of Mickey Rourke stuff. This is my first Mickey Rourke memory. Oh, that's not true. I think it's a Harley Davidson, the Marlboro man, like way back. I think that was Mickey Rourke, but that's Mickey Rourke like 15, 16 years ago. Mickey Rourke was, was known as hard to deal with. Right. 
And so when he stopped being a draw, Hollywood forgot him really quick. Uh, okay. See, my knowledge of him is just Iron Man 2. I'm sure I've seen him in other Iron stuff. Iron Man 2 realized it. So. After, he gets the Iron Man 2 role on the strength of this. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. He was, which one is he in Iron Man 2? He's Whiplash. Oh, he is Whiplash. Yeah. Oh. He's Whiplash. Um, and, hey, if you're sitting here going, if you go ahead and listen to Talk in, talk in the Mickey, <laughs> we have a full Iron Man 2 review on we that. Do. So go check that out. Oh, Sin City. Cool. That is neither good nor bad. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um. The, so the first name attached to this though wasn't wasn't um Mickey Rourke. Oh. oh. Were they going to get someone actual? First, one might say, let's say that the, the, the actor they were going to have suffered from the incredible burden of immense talent. Nicholas Cage. Nick, very good, you, oh Nicholas Cage. Do you know that that movie's one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes really right now? I agree. Oh, I'm totally going to see this. We <laughs> Pedro are do- Pascal, Nick. Yeah, it's like we, a we perfect are do- combination. We, we are doing a theater skip yeah, really on, on that. that one. I'm, I'm going to just me, but I'm, I want to go to the movies. I want to see it. I want to come back. And I just want to just divulge it because it looks like it's so meta. I love this sort of stuff. It looks. Re- I mean, the opening to the trailer is just. Like, are you worried that you've lost some of your yeah. acting talent? He's like. No. No. <laughs> so um, the first time attached was Nicolas Cage. The next month he left and Rourke had the part. And there's a little bit of a backstory here. So according to Darren Aronofsky, the director, Cage pulled out of the movie because Aronofsky wanted Rourke as the lead character. Aronofsky stated that Cage was a complete gentleman and he understood my heart was with Mickey and he stepped aside. I have so much respect for Nick Cage as an actor and I think it could have been really worked with Nick, you know. But Nick was incredibly supportive of Mickey and he's old friends with Mickey and really wanted to help with this opportunity so he pulled himself out of the race. Now that feels like Nick Cage is the best guy who ever lived. Mm. Nick Cage in a 2009 interview of Access Hollywood denies this, saying, I wasn't, quote, dropped from the movie. I resigned from the movie because I didn't think I had enough time to achieve the look of a wrestler who was on steroids, which I would never do. Yeah. So he didn't think he could get his body into the shape that a steroid user's body is supposed to look like without having to use steroids. And he went, yeah, I just won't do that. No, that's that's mm. completely fair. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. So when first approached the lead role, Rourke was initially reluctant, stating, I didn't really care for the script, but I wanted to work with Darren. And I kind of thought that whoever wrote the script hadn't spent as much time as I had around these kinds of people. And he wouldn't have spoken the way the dude was speaking. And so Darren let me rewrite all my parts, and he put the periods in and crossed the T's. So once we made that change, I was okay with it. All right. I mean, Mickey Rourke, this is is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Mickey Rourke's known for being difficult to deal with. So this kind of um, smugness is a little bit what you go with however here's a, a one you might mention wrestling legend hulk hogan claimed in 2012 that he was offered the role of randy the ram robinson <laughs> absolute bs i'm gonna say on this one hogan claims he turned down the role because he felt he wasn't the right man to portray the character hogan has never turned anything down in his life <laughs> aronofsky disputed hogan's claim stating on his personal twitter page the role of the wrestler was always rourke's it was never hogan's <laughs> What was that movie that uh, he was in where he like shits himself on camera or something? Oh uh, no, no, it's not him; it's someone else. But it's no holds barred. Oh yeah, and he's like Dookie. He goes, "What's that it's smell?" That smell. He goes, "Dookie." He goes, "Dookie." Oh, it's dreadful. It sounds <laughs> absolutely the worst. Actually, thing. that should, if we find time, maybe that should be a watch along at some point for WrestleMania week. <laughs> oh, God. No, because no holds. If you want a movie that's so bad that you might find redeeming qualities in it, I feel like no it holds barred. Just- that just makes makes it sound like I'm going to cringe the whole way through. Yeah, you might. No, no, here we go. I'm going to put it up there. No, if we can make it work, no holds barred for WrestleMania week. I wouldn't it, say it's just so bad it's good, but it's... 
I was thinking what's like something wrestling-related we could use. I don't want to burn through something I might use next year. Yeah. But this, totally. <laughs> so there we are. Uh, contrary to popular reports, um, Mickey Rourke, there were reports that Mickey Rourke didn't get paid for the film. That would be a violation of union rules. So you have to be paid as an actor, yeah. Uh, a profile in The New Yorker revealed that Rourke did end up getting paid $100,000 for the role and that Rourke <laughs> asked to receive some of that salary in cash in a brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, Afa Anoa'i, a former professional wrestler and the uncle of Roman Reigns, oh. was hired to train Mickey Rourke for his role. Uh, Afa was one of a tag team called the Wild Samoans in the 1980s in the WWF. Yep. Uh, so Anoa'i brought his two main trainers, John Trotsky and Tom Fair, to work with Rourke for eight weeks. Both trainers have parts in the film. Don't ask me what they are. I didn't pay attention. No, they're, <laughs> they're, they're um, part of the family. What's who? That's his thing, isn't it? Roman Reigns. Oh, the whole him? bloodline. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's where that came from, wasn't it? It was his uncle doing those. Well, it was his dad and his uncle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His dad was Sika from the Wild Samoans. Yeah, so so Afa and Sika, yeah, yeah, they were brothers. Okay, I have yeah. got, I remembered that. Yeah. Apparently, the one year at WrestleMania, Roman was supposed to win, and when it got changed at the last moment, like someone, they had to contain Roman Reigns' dad because he was like livid. <laughs> <laughs> he was like going to break stuff backstage, and he's like seventy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he's like like nineteen. He's like he's like nineteen eighties like hard wrestler, yeah. like like guys who would legit prove it when they went to bars and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. Um. I'll tell you what, though. We see a scene of Randy the Ram driving, and he's got his action figure on the dash of his car. Yep. And I've got my notes. If I was a former pro wrestler, you better believe I'd have my action figure on the dash of my car. If someone could make an, an action figure of you now, you would have it on the dash of your car. <laughs> I think maybe. maybe. <laughs> if I could be an actor and do anything, like any sort of franchise, if there's an action, oh, I'm, I'm having it okay, everywhere. Wrestling's different. Wrestling's different because you both are acting, you're not not, acting, and the acting never stops. Because if you see Chris Jericho in a restaurant, he's got to be Chris Jericho. Yeah. You see Robert Downey Jr., he doesn't have to be Tony Stark. No. No. But wrestlers, we expect to live their part in public 24-7-365. And that's part of what they used to call kayfabe, which is like, you know, keeping up the pretense that it's all legit. Uh, but even still, they still have to sort of be that person. I mean, you can't go up to them and go, hey, Roman Reigns, and go, my name's Joe. No. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he is Roman Reigns. Yeah. Whether he's that muted side of him, but he's still got to be Roman Reigns. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's different, isn't it, though? Because obviously, because um, we did Fight with Family last year, she's Paige, isn't she? But she's now on, she's on Twitter as Soraya. She goes back Soraya's to... Soraya's her real name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's gone back to... And she's trying to give herself some some leeway in case WWE pulls her back in or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like Cassidy and Pam. I've got a whole, yeah, I got a whole Ooh. bunch of stuff here. Um, but we hear a song. And he goes, it's song. I don't know what the song is, so I'm going I'm to sort of sing like it is an 80s song, but I don't, I don't remember the melody. <laughs> but he's like, Rock, you don't know what you got until it's, and then musical attacks. <laughs> Before we get the word over. Brilliant. And I'm like, because that, that, that's who Randy the Ram is. Yeah. He, 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 it's not over. Well, it is over, but he doesn't he realize doesn't, yeah. it's over. And so it's this sort of double sort of hit here. Yeah. Uh, he comes home and it looks like his trailer caravan has been locked up. I do have my notes. It's really hard to see anything in this part of the movie. Yeah. Like it's black. I've got, he crawls somewhere and takes his tape off and puts pills in a can of beer before downing it. I'm like, why does he have this stuff here? <laughs> and there's a blurry point of view shot, which is an Aronofsky auteur in the tree. He loves a point of view shot. And then morning, I'm going, oh, it's his van. Yeah. He's in his van. And the kids wake him up. 
and they're like, and he's, he's, he's hurting, he's in pain, but then he comes through the back door, and he's Randy the Ram. It's yeah. like he's come through a curtain, yeah. and he's got to be the Ram, even if it's in the trailer park with just a bunch of punk kids, right? Yeah. He's got to wrestle them. Uh, and then he's, that was adorable. That it was adorable. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Was See, at first I thought it was really angry and I was like, Oh no, it's his character. It's his character. He's just being Randy the Ram. Yeah. Lenny, the manager won't help him out. He's like, come on, let me get, let me get some stuff. He goes, no, can't help you out. So this is our great hero, right? Yeah. And then Randy goes to work and has to suck up to his manager, Wayne. And Wayne's on top of a ladder, like wrestling, like ladder matches or yeah. a thing, right? And it makes this little guy look so much bigger yeah. than he is. And having this big behemoth having to beg his boss for a few more hours and says, no weekends, though. Um, and he goes... <laughs> Wayne goes, what's the matter? Did they raise the price of tights? And Wayne's pretty homophobic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wayne makes lots of references to him rolling on some other dudes and things like that. And we see that Randy is a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we go to indie show number one. And this is where I play my game of, did I just see who I thought I saw? I thought I saw Shane Douglas. wasn't Shane Douglas. <laughs> but to add more realism, the locker room scenes were improvised for Rourke and others to look as if they were actually socializing. We find out that Randy's going to be in the main event, and he's not very glamorous as he gets changed. But in comes the young kid, and this is the kid who's got like the mohawk. Yeah, and they lay out how the match is going to go, and this is kind of what happens. Yeah, because you get booked on a show, you show up, you don't have a huge amount of time, but you you do what's usually called calling it in the ring, where you sort of talk to each other as you're doing the match. But beforehand, you might go over a few high spots, going to make sure that you hit, or what's the finish going. At least if we know what the finish is going to be, so if they say go home yeah you go okay we know what our finishing sequence is and who's going on top and that yeah. that so they figure it out um and we see the wrestlers doing the same thing and we see ram gimmick a razor blade and then put it into his wrist tape mm. yeah it's a thing i know it is and i excuse the expletive fucking hate it um when i was a younger man i was a big fan of blood and wrestling now i feel that i'm almost entirely the other way um i do feel there are opportunities how do i put this i'm I'm not opposed to the idea of blood in a wrestling match i'm opposed to the idea of of blood on a wrestling match on an independent show where it's got no storyline function to it yeah i mean in today's day and age it does not need to be real blood Uh, by any stretch of the imagination there are enough blood capsules and little patches and all sorts of stuff that you can use maybe it does not need to be someone actually cutting themselves with a razor blade ethan i saw this and i was like Oh, that's clever because my mind went back to the last time that I watched like pay per view wrestling, which was like 2011, I think. And it was just seeing a bloody mangled John Cena. And I was like, oh, wow, I wonder how they did that. And now I'm like, okay. This I appreciate is exactly that how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll look at Isn't it when it we like get to it. It was juicing or something. Juicing or, like or, or, or gigging. Yeah. Juicing. <laughs> uh, the match, the get juice, I think the act is called gigging. It might be juicing as well. I don't know. Uh, the match, uh, we have a tracking shot from behind Randy. It's almost a point of view shot as he goes around the ring. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be repeated throughout the film. Uh, Ram hits him. Someone offers him a sealed chair and he hits himself in the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're about like one year too late before concussions become like a huge thing in the news. And you would not have done mm-hmm. this, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, like Goldberg still smashes his head on lockers before he comes out. He's an idiot. <laughs> Um, the camera's in tight as the match goes on. Uh, it's very black swan. It's got long takes of some of these wrestling spots. And there's an airplane spin. I hate airplane spins. Airplane spins is the worst looking move in the history of wrestling. Which one's that? I take someone, I put them all on my back. Yeah. And I spin around. Oh, okay. oh I was wheezing because he like, hits and then, the referee in the face. And, the, and then I put a, and then you put him down. 
and they're dizzy. <laughs> but so are you. Yeah. So what's the point of it all? Yeah, because you can't even Funny. spot your head. because Cesaro's the, the one exception. Cesaro can do it where he puts you on his back and shoulders and doesn't have to use his hands. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> um, we see an exposed turnbuckle. And the other, and then Ram gets hit in the head on the exposed yeah. turnbuckle, and then the the bad guy is like drawing the attention of the crowd yeah. and hits the ref and throws him. And this is all so that we can see yeah. to us, we can see that Ram cuts himself across his hairline. At <laughs> uh, which point, Randy is his comeback, climbs the top rope, hits his finisher, the Ram Jam, which we get almost from a point of view perspective of the guy who's taking the the, the move, and that's the match. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it was all right. It was, it was, if you don't have, you haven't seen wrestling, this is your introductory point to what wrestling is because we need you to have this knowledge going forward. Yeah. For the rest of the movie to make sense. Um, we find out as they're getting their, their money that there's a 20 year anniversary of Ram fighting the Ayatollah at Madison Square Garden for the title. Promoter wants to do a reunion, a rematch. I find it hard to believe that these two never went near each other for 20 years after that. <laughs> yeah. This would be the rematch. What? Like, wrestling's well known for feuds and feuds that you will run in every city up and down for a year. Yeah. I have a hard time believing they did one, especially in the 80s. They did one <laughs> go of this. In the 80s, you're on the road like 300 days a year. Um, the promoter. About every other year, everyone's like, wow, the Undertaker's back. Yeah, because he, he, he actually does work one day a year now. Because yeah. oh. he is old. Yeah, yeah but back also, in the because 80s. Because he's the Undertaker. Well, back in the 80s, though, he was, he was working, you know, I guess he didn't kind of hit the WWE until like 1991 or something. But like, he's running like 300 days a year. That's what I mean, he's earned yeah. the right to yeah, work. He's, he's, he's earned the right for that, yeah. yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, the locker room gives him a standing ovation. But it's, it's always muted because it's not this, it's like this small piddly little room and they all clap. And you're like, hey, they appreciate him. But in the same breath, you're like, it, it, it's a stark contrast from what you see on the other side of the curtain. Yeah. After the match, Ram goes to a strip club and takes his hearing aid out as he walks in. With the music's playing, I would take mine out as well. <laughs> uh, he's given the biggest bottle of beer I've ever seen, not in an Indian restaurant. Yeah. He asked for a beer, and this is a bottle of this is a huge bottle of beer he gets. It's like if you order a Cobra. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you go to an Indian restaurant here in England, you order a Cobra or a, a uh, tiger. A tiger or yeah. a yeah, or singer. Yeah, yeah. This giant, like two times the size of a bottle of beer. They are massive. They're massive. Yeah. Uh, but he gets like one of those. Uh, he wants to see Cassidy, but she's in the VIP room. And so he goes and he like looks in the VIP room, and it's these young punks insulting her over how old she is. Uh, Randy comes to her defense, intimidates the guys out of there, and this is our introduction to uh, Cassidy, played by Marissa Tomei. Yes. Yeah, uh, this George, was a surprise, Georgia. You said that you did realize that this was Aunt M. Aunt May, yeah. Aunt May, sorry, sorry. Aunt M, Aunt M. That's from most of us. That's most of us. Yeah. <laughs> you realized this, this was Aunt May. Yeah, I really. I told I you she was, was awfully flirty with Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know who this is, but yeah, she. I mean, she looks amazing, but like, I really like her as Aunt May. So like, it was like, oh no. You feel like they corrupted Aunt May? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, it's like when your mum's friend very, like comes over and is like, "Oh, your mum was such a crazy rebel back in the." I don't want to know. Don't know this. No, yeah, it's just like <laughs> someone told that's what May's backstory is. <laughs> How does she take care of Peter all these years? Oh, been, no, and you, it's whiplash as well. You've been you've been very positive about saying or very effusive in your in that sex work is valid work. Oh, absolutely. Okay. But yet you were like, oh no, Aunt May. It's, it's because I'm used to her as that one person and she's always so like caring and I wasn't expecting to see her like 
full frontal top nudity and then with like the nipple yeah. piercings as well. I just wasn't expecting it. That's not full frontal, just for the record. Full frontal. She was top, topless. She was top topless. Full, full, full frontal means something. Okay. The word full. Yeah. The word full means everything. Oh, man. All out. <laughs> you want to see her topless? Yes. There we go. And you, if you wanted to see Marissa Tomei topless, there was a lot of it in this film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, Darren Aronofsky and Marissa Tomei attended the same high school. Yeah. The odds of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Randy gets a lap dance, and as he is, he's not really seeming like he's that into the he lap seem dance. To care, no, it's mm-hmm. and you hear about this sometimes. People who just want to go in and just they just want to they just want to talk. Yeah, they just want to uh, have someone who they can listen to because they're lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, prostitutes say the same thing about people who they have who are regulars. Yeah, they say it a lot of times. They just want to talk. Yeah, because they're, they're just they're just alone. And he's reliving his glory days and talking about what this could mean. And I've, said, I've got my notes. I don't really know what he's getting, if he's really getting into this. Uh, this was Marissa Tomei's first day of shooting. Oh, bless her. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky made her do 36 takes. Oh. Now, you, oh. could, you could argue, is this exploitive? Marissa Tomei went, uh, I don't think it was a tyrant at all. It was a chance for me to break open any preconceived limits. Okay. Yeah. And that's day one. Because yeah. if you kind of, so I, I guess it normalized it. Yeah. Okay, I'm topless, but I'm over that because after a while, you, you get used to. You've it. been there for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're not reacting badly, and someone's saying, "No, we still don't have it." Yeah. Yeah. So it seemed like she was. That's fine then. If she was, if she was fine with she it, she tried yeah, out yeah. for the role of a stripper. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Especially because, like, her her character, like later on, she would say, "I'm not just a stripper," and I think getting to do that first, getting used to that, and it being like. Well, I think just like Randy, the audience is just yeah. ex- exposed to her <laughs> pun not intended yeah. <laughs> as a stripper. And I yeah. think that's important for how we're introduced to her as far as where her character's going to go. Yeah. Oh, it's a really sad story for, for her character. It's a shame. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we go on to um, they talk whether or not wrestling is fake and he shows off his scars. Now, look, this seems to be a hot button issue. Like when There are people in the wrestling community and wrestlers themselves who get really worked up if you use the word fake. I would like to just clarify for everybody <laughs> that when people use the word fake, we're not referring to the fact the moves don't really hurt. Or we're not referring that it doesn't happen. require skill yeah. or that if you fall off a ladder, you're taught how to do. No, because no one's taught how to use a ladder. But what they're referring to is you're not actually trying to hurt the other person. The sense of competition is fake. Yeah, you're not actually. You are not actually trying to win. You know what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. You are both not actively trying to win the match. No. The outcome is predetermined, and you are trying to put on a show. It is a performance. It is a dance. It's a performance art. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. if, if someone said to me, you know, um, um, Cirque du Soleil is, is is fake, in the sense that it's a narrative, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Films are fake. Yeah, theatre is fake. Theatre is fake. Yeah. yeah, it's all fake to that degree. But what I would say is no one's, is fake. no one's criticizing whatsoever, or they shouldn't, I think. The skill that the goes into The skill or the toil it puts on yeah. these performers and their... And their bodies. But newsflash, Seth Rollins, your name is not Seth Rollins. <laughs> if I need any more definition that this is not real, there it is. No. Your name is Colby Lopez. <laughs> there's it's a the reason. Same as theater. You'll see, like, especially like, if they do, like, sword play, there's so much precision. And like you said, it's like a dance. Yeah. Still, it, it might not be authentically real, but yeah. still, it's impressive. Um, he talks about the roar of the crowd and how it's worth it. And then she goes, he was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. <laughs> I picked up on this very quickly. But yeah, this is, uh, this is, well, she's just from the Passion of the Christ. It's from the Bible. 
Yeah. It's what it is. <laughs> She's making a metaphor where Randy the Ram is Jesus. Yep. At which point she calls him the sacrificial ram. And I'm which like, that's actually quite quite good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Smash the Christ, I'm like, she really should appear on the podcast. <laughs> she she can wear much more clothing, but she needs to she can appear on the podcast. I think she's much too famous at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the character, not the actress. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um there feels like there's a it does feel like there's a connection between these two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she, he goes, How much do I owe you? She goes, sixty bucks. And then they go, Oh, okay. Uh so the another one they're going here is is there actually a real connection? Yeah. Or is she doing her job? And doing it well. And doing it well. Yeah. And the parallels in this film between being a stripper and what that means to your clientele and being a wrestler and what that means to your clientele, they're eerily similar. Yeah. And there's a lot of crossover in themes that I think you can pick up as the film goes on. Well, I think like prostitution as a as a like profession is there is relative there is like an art form to that as well. Sure, but not, she's not a prostitute. Well no, but she's no. a stripper and it's a very it's a similar market. There's there's a little bit when she's just, just her lap dances that appear that, that that's something in the middle of the two yeah yeah, yeah so i mean like so there's like there's a i don't think people go into that line of work and are fully themselves whilst they're doing it i think it was a bit no. of an art form and then we hear of- onto the stage now we've got cassidy and then we shoot her from behind walking up to the stage in very much the same manner we shot randy going to the ring yeah so i don't think that's at all um Accidental? No. I think there's an intentional parallel being drawn there. But we can't stay there for too long because we got steroids to talk about. And the steroid dealer is played by a guy called Scott Siegel. Scott Siegel would later be sentenced to 63 months in prison for dealing steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and assaulting a law enforcement officer. Yeah, so wow. about two years oh, that's, later. That's, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Got a uh, taste for it on the film then, did he? I don't know, I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, he was like, I was like, Wow. Uh, I did verify it like in two or three different places before I put it in the pod. Um, Randy the Ram is working out, and his face as he works out is how I feel every time I work out. He hates every <laughs> moment of this. And we see him doing the hair bleaching, and we see him going to tanning. We have the idea that there's a lot of work that goes in, and money that goes yeah. into ap- maintaining mm-hmm. this appearance. And the, as you know, as he gets older, it will have a law diminishing effects. You know what yeah. I mean? Like at a certain point, you can't work out and gain the muscle mass you once could. Tragic story, actually. Triple H uh, this week had to retire. Yeah. Well, he announced yeah, he's re- he announced he's retired. He's been retired for quite some time because he's gotten to an age and his heart he's got a, he's got a like um, congenital heart defect. Yeah, yeah, just something that he was born with, and uh, he's done. Like there is no fans or butts or coconuts. He's 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 done done. Yeah. Uh, he's got a defibrillator in his heart now, and that is what that you is. Can't wrestle with that. Can't wrestle with that. No. And so he's done. But the idea being that at a certain point, you know, your muscle mass won't come back the way it once did. Yeah. All these things, and then we think about adding steroids to the mix. You're like, jeez. It is. Um. Yeah. I mean, wrestling, at least as it was, is I think it's a bit better now. If you like, got into it newer now, I think it's probably a little bit I'm not, safer. I'm but... not. I'm not inside no. the the business or anything remotely close to that. I'm a fan. I'm a fairly rabid fan. I'm a fan. Um, I be- it feels like um, it's not the case of the wrestlers wrestle less dates now. Yeah. Uh, which means you can probably have more time to work out if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, it's also not about being giant anymore. It used to be no. about being giant. Now, now it's about actually being able to, be, to, to move. Yeah. Um, but like there was a proper steroid trial in the late 80s, early 90s where Vince McMahon almost went to jail. Like, legitimately almost went to jail. Yeah. Like, he assigned someone else to run his show for him. Like wow, yeah. for, for, yeah, for yeah, when yeah. he went to jail, he didn't end up doing it, but it was, it was, it was really close. 
And so steroids and what it's meant. Now, steroids are now also, you look at rap videos and how big some of these rappers are. Yeah. Um, it's a different culture, isn't it? You look at how big The Rock is or some of these like massive, you look at Chris Hemsworth in the most recent. Yeah. I'm not, no, I'm not making any, I'm saying there's a lot of big bodies out there, like yeah. massively big bodies and going, is it just, you know, are, as we push towards what ideal means and we push humans to look like comic book figures, yeah. what does that mean? And it's, is it is it steroids still or is that is it have we moved past that to a certain degree into per, like personal trainers that know what they're doing? I think, my t- it's totally my opinion, mm-hmm. I think pro wrestling is cleaner than it's been. I think Hollywood's dirtier than it's been. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember, um, what was it, the, the uh, Kamel Nanjiani, who was it, was his name Kingo? In Eternals, Hingo, Hingo, Kingo, yeah, yeah, Kingo, the 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 one who was like the hundred year Bollywood actor, I think. Yeah, I think I'm still watching that film somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I still haven't. But um, I remember there was a photo that came out of him, and he he looks like he's been oh, yeah. taking steroids because like he he his jaw is square. He did, and this is he was a little man. He did exper- express yeah. If you've seen the Big Sick, like this guy's a tiny yeah. man. Yeah, um, he's a little dude. But he, he expressed didn't... his frustration about how much work he went into and didn't get his like Marvel shirtless scene because <laughs> he like, worked out like like a madman for that. Yeah, but it's just like I tell you what, when you see like some of the stills I've seen from Thor: Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. it's terrifying. It is. It really is. It's like I remember safe, the um, the comedian Rob uh, McElhenney, who's uh, Mac in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, there's a, there's a season where in the previous series, like he's really overweight and he puts on like. 90 pounds as a joke and in the next series the joke is that he's lost all of it and he's become like hollywood fit but in the post he's like yeah oh it's really easy to do this you just have to train six days a week like eight hours a day and get a personal trainer and do this and just put your body through hell and yeah it's awful yeah and so we see randy doing some of this and uh, working, you know, I said like the, the working out, the tanning, the bleaching, the steroids. If you substitute this for social media and research, this is how I feel about doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes to a Dollar Tree and he's buying stuff for his hardcore match. Um, and like, like like cookie sheets that when you hit in the head. And there's like WWE was famous for like it's like hardcore light matches. Mm-hmm. Um, where you like cookie sheets or garbage cans and they cave on impact. You're like, okay, it's not really this, but we can all, it's fine. We're just, we're just suspending this belief. Yeah. We're not really trying to see people get hurt out there. And then the, like, the McFoley's of the world who go the other direction on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, love McFoley. Love McFoley. Wish he hadn't, but I loved him more as a storyteller than as a guy who jumps off of ridiculous heights and things like yeah. that. Uh, and then we go to the hardcore match and it's a guy called Necro Butcher. He's a real guy. He's a real guy. He's a real wrestler. I've never seen him, but I know of him. Uh, we hear him talk about a staple gun, and I'm like, this isn't the dollar store stuff anymore. No. Like, this is legit. And he's like, what? You mean like like like, like staples? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, it hurts kind of bad going coming out, but yeah. And uh, we cut to – terrible pun. wasn't trying to, but we cut to the end of the match, and we see – uh, Randy the Ram taking like a window pane and just kind of like smashing Necrobutcher in the head and pins him and that's the match. And we see Randy stumble to the back and we kind of think that's it. And in the background, I see the Blue Meanie, who's a independent wrestler who at one point had a cup of coffee at the WWE. <laughs> and um, we then go back to the match and this is rough. I mean, we've got staple guns. We've got a fork in the forehead. 
Oh, that that hurt to watch. We've got it brawling into the crowd, and we hear a guy say, "Use my leg! You you use my leg." <laughs> This is based off a real situation. Really? Yeah, where it was an ECW, which is where Paul Heyman was before he went ahead and did WWE. And a fan repeatedly yelled, use my leg to Tommy Dreamer, who then used it on his opponent. For the record, uh, this is not my type of wrestling. Everyone's got their own sort of thing, and there's a whole bunch of stuff for everybody. I don't mind. I don't mind a little bit of blood in the right kind of match. I don't get any enjoyment out of this. Um, this was chaotic. Not, not, like, not even in a cinematic perspective like this, but even not in like, not in a real version. I don't even know what it's like to see it live. I've never seen anything like this live. Um, I've been but there's obviously a fan base for it. I mean, there is, there is. I mean, people go nuts about it, and you know the reaction of the crowd. There's legitimate like bloodlust and. I don't understand it. Um, it's like with with Monster Truck Derby stuff, where it's like, let, who who's going to get crushed and like ripped apart? It's like when you. My, 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 I said this before when we did something. My dad used to watch the ski jump in the Olympics because he wanted to watch people fall over and crash. Now, in a pocket, it's quite interesting. I think about how they could get properly injured. I mean, <laughs> there's a bit that goes, okay, c- c- careful now. Um, but this, this is. For me, this was the look how far he's he's fallen kind of thing if he's resorting to this level of If he's Randy the Ram, adrenaline. I don't understand how he's in this match. If he's Randy the Ram. Now, if this is supposed to be like a Terry Funk parallel, because Terry Funk was a NWA championship world wrestler, world champion wrestler who then reinvented himself by his own choice as a hardcore deathmatch kind of wrestler in Japan and ECW. That's one thing, but this is a guy who's clearly being taken advantage of because this isn't the match he wants to do. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. this is by a company called CZW who is in business and do continue to do stuff. Uh, John Moxley, also known as Dean Ambrose, would have come up through this at some point. Um, and he's big into his more um, hardcore style. Also, I suppose I'll say. Um. Yeah, CCW is insane. I don't mean that in a hyperbolically like, hey, they're insane. I mean, no, no, they're insane. <laughs> Ram goes backstage and he pukes and looks scared and he has a heart attack. I think it's important to mention that more than one person lost. You you, you tapped out at this point. I tapped out before the end of this match. Yeah. I did not see the fork. I did not see the window. I didn't see many things because once it started, I turned my laptop round and started crying. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It was just that much of a thing. So, uh, in this situation, we've had a situation, this is what we call the, the train spot in rule. <laughs> in a situation where someone can't finish the movie, they don't give a mark to the movie. No. Because you haven't seen the whole thing. I think that's a fair yeah. thing. Yeah. It took us a while to get there and realize, that's all we do. <laughs> we don't give train spotting zero. No, <laughs> we, I did see all of that one. We give it oh, one. Oh, you had seen the whole movie. Okay, fair enough. Film. Yeah, yeah, But just the idea that if you need to turn something off, you can turn something off. But then you just refrain from giving a grade at the end. Yes. Yeah. So that's all. George got a hold of me and I sent a message out. and said, I'm, 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 I said, how far in this movie are you? She said, 25 minutes or 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, and I'm thinking, oh, is that, is that match in the middle? Is that? And then I went back around and I went, oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty intense. And But I, I was going, oh, it's a shame because it is, it is the worst bit. And it is, there's a lot of good story afterwards. I'd already turned on the film, But you turned on the film, yeah. so you probably there wouldn't have given it. There was one point I was turning away, and it wasn't like out of... Um, squeamishness is me going no i don't want i don't want this to have to happen it was and it was right at the end and i, I look forward to talking about like my emotional response there you go uh i mean do you want to do it now 
Oh no, it was more just me. Like it, it, it basically, I felt the same, the exact same way as Marissa Tomei. Like I was like, I know there are only a couple minutes left. I can't witness oh, okay. this because I'm, I'm terrified of what's going to happen to them. Uh, Ram wakes up in the hospital. He's told to basically the doctor tells him, "I know you're on steroids." Without saying it, he goes, you need to stop putting stuff in your body. You put mm-hmm. it in your body. And he's going to give up the wrestling. And he goes, you almost died. Next time, you might not be so lucky. And he goes, thanks for the good news, Doc. He's told no strenuous exercise. He goes, I'm a, I'm a professional wrestler. Now, I might argue, Randy, you're not a professional wrestler. You're you're a guy who wrestles on the weekends. Yeah, you're a guy who wrestles in part-time. paid, like, ca- cash in hand. Cash in hand. Like, that's yeah. not a, yeah. Um, once professional now amateur yeah well he's still paid to do it but he's not a full-time wrestler you're more than no. just this uh so when you say i'm a professional wrestler that's the i mean that's the thing he still can't leave that alone that persona no in his head he's a professional wrestler he throws his tights in the trash the promoter has left him a, a letter and it's not like hey are you okay it's like <laughs> It's like, you were a warrior. You earned this tonight. You're insane. I need you for two weeks. Like, the guy's had a heart attack. Like, there's no concern <laughs> for him besides what the next bit of business is. Um, and he goes outside, and no one's there to pick him up. Mm. And back home, he gets his trailer unlocked because he's got money now, and he discovers the zipper in his chest. He, oh, he's had, George's looking at me like, what are you talking about? He's had surgery, right? So they've yeah. actually had to like, so he sees a scarf where, where, they, where they cracked his chest. I was like, you said a, a zip and I was like. A zipper. Wow. It's an old term because the stitches make it look like a zipper. Yeah, a zip. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I okay. just thought you meant a literal zip. Like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Because you did the action as you said it. No, no, like, no. Um, and then he, uh, he's laying down and we have an eyeline match and the pan, camera pans over to an old Nintendo. And he calls out to some kid, hey, you want to play Nintendo? Which first, I mean, that sounds aged in and of <laughs> itself. And uh, we find it very quickly. He doesn't know what Call of Duty is, let alone the fourth one. My brain was going, is this an ad? Because the amount of times they say Call of Duty. Uh, you do wonder. Yeah. Um, and so it shows, I think it just again shows the world's past and by. Like he can't relate to young people anymore. And this is a problem as well. Uh, the This scene featured a fictional NES video game called Wrestle Jam, which starred the characters of Robinson and the Ayatollah. Aronofsky requested a fully functioning game for the actors to play. Uh, programmer Randall Farino and the film's title designer, Kristen Hume, created a playable demo with working interface and AI routines that also featured 1980s-era appropriate graphics and music. That's cool. This feels like the 1988 game WrestleMania that came out on the NES. It looked very similar. Right. Um, First, I thought it was something similar to that because it had it, the exact same like 16-bit 8-bit look. Yeah. 8-bit. 8-bit even. Yeah. Like, I, sorry, 16-bit I, 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 I remember when 16 was a step up. Careful there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the kid then bails and doesn't want to play anymore. And he's left alone again. And Randy tries to run. Um, and it goes badly. So he goes to the strip club and talks to Cassidy. And you can tell he's overstepping kind of traditional bounds here. Uh, Cassidy tells him, I'll meet you in your car. Um, he sort of talks that he had a heart attack. He says he doesn't feel right. doesn't want to be alone. She goes, don't you have a daughter? Where's your daughter? Which wasn't as bad as exposition as this could have been because they would have had conversations because we know yeah. he likes to talk. And, you know, she probably hears a lot of stuff from a lot of guys. So that wasn't too bad. And so uh, she tries to convince her to go see 
his daughter and then she goes back inside and she's clearly sort of making little compromises about what her job allows her to do with the customers. There's a little bit of scores. Randy looks upset. Now the score, I mean, it's okay. I don't know. Slash from guns and roses plays the score (laughs) on the guitar. Um, there's a picture of Stephanie, his daughter in his wallet amongst other wrestling memories. The picture is old. We can see cause he t- flips over the, the, the picture from when she's like 12. Yeah. And it's like, like a little crumpled. Yep, and he's like five different phone numbers that have been crossed out. <laughs> so he tries the most recent one. And then he goes to meet Stephanie and Stephanie is played by Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. Uh, the former Mrs. Marilyn Manson. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's lots of stuff knows. in the press. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. but the lead actress, lead character in Westworld. Yeah, yeah. Which is and she's great in it. Oh, fantastic! Um, she storms off uh, because she has school. Uh, he follows her. It's a scene on the sidewalk. He says, "Look, I had a heart attack," and then she freaks out, thinking, "You want me to take care of you?" And I don't know if it's not what it is, or if it is what it is. I think it's a bit of both. Like um, maybe he's also testing the water. It's sort of, it's never established, but I think that's also, even if that was his plan, why, he changes it. Why well, he's terrified of being alone in his first move yeah. is to go to Cassidy and then Cassidy sort of pivots and redistributes him to his daughter. Um, but he, she's like, you know, where were you when you were supposed to take care of me? Where were you at birthdays and all sorts of manners of speaking? And this feels very Georgia. You've seen, uh, it's a shame you get this far. You've seen Beyond the Map. I have. And Jake the Snake and his relationship with with, yeah. with his daughter. This felt very reminiscent. That's what I was thinking when I was watching it the first time years right, and years yeah, yeah. ago. Um, he, we go to a convention then, and it's just a bunch of old guys um, selling their stuff. Uh, the promoter from the start of the movie is back, played by Judah Friedlander trying his best to look like Kevin Smith and looks on the least like Judah Friedlander I've ever seen. Ethan, have you ever seen 30 Rock? Yeah. There's a guy there with like a, he always wore like big puffy trucker hats and giant glasses. Is he like one of the Teamsters? Teamsters? No, he, like his big thing is like he gets, every, so no, he gets the Teamster sandwich for everyone, I think. Oh, he's a writer. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. He kind of looks like Wayne from Wayne's World in it, doesn't he? Wayne from Wayne's World. Yeah, he's wearing a hat with the glasses, make his eyes look massive. I don't know if Wayne was my first thought. Are you thinking Garth? I'm thinking a combination. Of yeah, because Garth has the big glasses. I know exactly which character you're thinking right. of. I'm just trying to. But he looks really good here. Yeah. And it was if it wasn't for the voice, I wouldn't have thought. Who is this? Uh, Randy lies about his heart attack. Says he's good. Says it was just overheated. And we see a sad display of an American Legion with just a trickle of customers and the rest being old guys with a variety of health issues canes there was one guy who had a bag of urine strapped to his leg and you mm. see this is what retired wrestling is like uh i think it's a different story now because i think people make much 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 better money now than they did back in the day and they kind of have more of a retirement plan now i think i think it's financial planning yeah. i think uh they figured it out out a little bit better whereas back in the day i think it was the 80s i think it was rock and roll i think it was parties yeah. i think it was women i think a lot of money got left behind at a lot of strip clubs and bars along the way <laughs> that was that that was the exact character i was thinking of from 30 year old it, like the combination of of garth and wine excellent um and so we go back to cassidy and she's not getting anybody taking the bait 
at all. Mm. No one wants to dance. I guess because she's old. Now, old means different things in stripping as it does to wrestling, as we found out. Yeah. Uh, no one's willing to go to a convention for old strippers, I imagine. <laughs> Probably not. No. no. Um, so she sees Randy and she goes over to him thinking, well, at least here's a sure thing. And she helps him with his problem, which is he wants to get his daughter something, a present. And so um, they talk about uh, a vintage shop. And she even says, hey, can I help you? Uh, can, can I go with you? And he's like, oh, okay, this is great. Things are working really well. I keep looking at you like you've seen this and you haven't. <laughs> so uh, the problem is that he needs to go ahead and get his, uh, he wants to get his daughter a present, a token to show that he cares. And she goes, well, what's your daughter into? And he goes, I don't know. Well, is she, what kind of music does she like? I don't know. What kind of, and the answer everything is, that, is I don't know. And you can clearly see he's just been an absent father. And they go, okay, well, what about clothes? Everybody likes clothes. And he goes, okay, yeah. So they agree. She says to a vintage shop. And then she says, eventually, okay, I'll, I'll come with you. And then she asks if he wants to dance. And he goes, I don't think I'm quite ready for that because his heart's still, you know, not, not doing so well. At which point, um, you know, she looks crushed. Um, and then we go back to work, and Randy is uh, at the grocery store and walks in on his boss, who's watching porn. <laughs> Wayne doesn't flinch, but instead lectures him about knocking and says, "Go back out and try again." And as he goes to knock, like the, Wayne comes storming out of his office and is doing a walk and talk. And Randy wants more hours and now agrees to work weekends. He's seeing the end of his wrestling career. We go to the vintage shop, and Cassidy is now called Pam. Mm. So this is her real persona in a sense. And she kind of says, don't get used to it, but calls her Pam. Uh, we find that he knows nothing about his daughter. She goes, uh, is she an emo? Is she a this? Is she a that? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, I think she might be a lesbian if that, if that changes <laughs> anything. And she goes, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, he says she looks really good. She says she, he says she looks clean. Yeah. Which is, mm. I, I get, I know what he means because she's outside of the club and it's this idea that in like the regular light and without the makeup and all that stuff, you look really, really good. I mean, Randy the Ram, which is ironic for a wrestler because maybe not an 80s wrestler, but like part of the deal is you got to cut a promo. You got to be good with language. <laughs> so there we go. Well, um, she even says she's like, um, I'm not, is it now or later? She's like, I'm not just a stripper. Well, she says that. She says she's yeah. got a son uh, and sort of goes through her whole situation there. Um, he overrides her call about, so there's two coats that are up for grabs and Pam has found a peacoat, a lovely peacoat. And Randy has found this green tracksuit like monstrosity, <laughs> but it has an S and the S can be for Stephanie. And you can tell Pam's pushing for the, for the peacoat, but then eventually goes, well, use your instincts. What's, what's drawn out to you. And he's like, I really like this because it is the most, ra- it's, it's the most like him. Right. Yeah. Um, and so um, once he finds out Pam is his son, he rushes into his van and gives her the action figure from the dash of his van. Um, and uh, th- he asks her for a beer. And she says, one, and they finally get one beer. And they go to this bar, and she says she's going to quit her job at, I think the place is called Cheeks. Yeah, Cheeks. <laughs> uh, she's going to quit her job, and she's got photos in her phone. Of her, and it was like an old, old, old like flip phone kind of phone. <laughs> and uh, But these, I guess, apartments or something where she's going to move because she wants to give her kid a better life. Now, again, is this part of the pipe dream? Is she ever really going to get out of this lifestyle? I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, but they both rock out to 1980s music. And you can see they're both trapped in the past. Yeah. And they say how great the 80s were. And they talk crap about the 90s, including a couple of shots against Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Which I was like, whoa. Kurt, uh, so, you know, the kind of going, but with Kurt Cobain started to be miserable. I'm like, hmm. It was this thing about, like, what, what's, what's wrong with having a good time, they said. And then Cobain yeah. would come and ruin it for everybody. Um, <laughs> and they start to make out. And then she, obviously, and she's kissing him back. She is, and then she collects herself, and he says, "Hey, hey, what happened? I, uh, I thought everything was going all right." And then she says, "You, you said you'd hang out with me for a beer," and she downs the beer in one go. Impressively, I must yeah, say, a running rock beer, which a rolling rock beer. Sorry, so I'm guessing they must have thrown a couple of thousand dollars their way. We go to a deli counter where where Randy is now working for his overtime, and his name tag says Robin. Now, he's been called Robin all film long, and he keeps going, Randy, it's Randy, it's Randy. Mm. And we get the same tracking shot of him walking through the back of the grocery store as we do when he goes to the backstage of a wrestling event, and he goes through this, like, plastic curtain into the end of a deli, and... Uh, Except for we get like almost like this wrestling like noise in the like, the, the yeah, hum of the crowd, it's like almost cheering, and then he walks through and it, it just dies. And uh, some of the deli scenes are improvised because Aronofsky really? was filming Rourke working there. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't tell. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, Randy's good with people, but not so good at reading people per se. So for the most part, he's like, "All right, you want a little bit of this? I'll get you a little bit of this." Like, "All right," and then he makes this one guy who looks really confused, like go long as he throws him like a, a he was of, good looking as well. A, th- a thing of egg salad. He's like, the last thing I want to do is try and catch egg salad. If that goes badly, I'm terrified. Oh, the guy's terrified because I'm guessing like it, that must be an improv one. He has no idea what Randy was doing. <laughs> well, I can't imagine in Randy's head ever. You know what these people want? They want me to throw the egg salad. <laughs> Is so. egg salad like egg mayonnaise? Yep, pretty yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that was a really weird. I don't know what the sound was. Yeah, that was like <laughs> you swallowing and speaking at the same time. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, Randy then starts phoning people to say he's retiring because he's had one good shift. We go back to <laughs> Stephanie and uh, Rams waiting outside of his van for her, the Ram van, um, and so he says, "Get your present," and she opens the present, and it's the shiny S jacket. And he's like, yeah, the S stands for Stephanie. And it's so awkward. It's so awkward. And then he gives us a beat and he goes, that, that's not your real present. And he goes back and he gets a much bigger parcel and it is the peacoat. And she likes the peacoat. And he says, hey, I thought you could go to your old favorite place. She goes, we never heard of it. He goes, we did. We did. And they go and it looks like it's the Jersey boardwalk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some kind of like coastal thing. Yeah. It's like. You know, it's like a seaside community that's seen better days but never hits rock bottom. Um, it looks like it's like Atlantic City, New, New Jersey. Um, and that kind of feels very Randy Varam, someone whose best times were definitely behind him. Uh, there's a beautiful shot on a ledge as they sit face-to-face with the ocean in the background. And he apologizes, but man, does he get it wrong. He says, I used to try to forget about you. I used to pretend you didn't exist, but I couldn't. <laughs> And he just comes and goes, I'm just an old down, I'm an old broken down piece of meat. I'm alone. I deserve to be alone. I just don't want you to hate me, okay? And she cries and she nods. And as they walk, she kind of grabs onto his arm and she's like, oh, there's been some sort of healing here. And then she, the daughter like breaks and enters into this like ballroom. Yeah. There's like a locked up abandoned place and she like kicks the lock and they're in this ballroom. <laughs> And I think it's because, like, earlier on, they're talking about, like, as a kid, she was terrified of this one area. So I think that's supposed oh, okay. to be the, 
the place that she used to be and, scared and of maybe as a child. Maybe they're breaking down barriers or walls yeah, that have been built between yeah. them. And they have a dance. And it's all in the middle of this like empty, deserted ballroom. But it's all very Aronofsky with spinning long takes. But it's this beautiful scene. Yeah. And it's a nice ending. And they agree they're going to go get dinner. Not on Friday, as Ram wants, but Saturday, because it's better for her. And he agrees. Randy goes back to the strip club. And Cassidy is in full performance, right? And then the Ram just goes, hey, you there, in like a regular spoken voice. And she can hear this. <laughs> Um, he's bought her a thank you card and he gives it to her over at the bar and she tries to let him down easy but then he makes it difficult just to go you're a customer all right i don't date customers and this is where you go where is the line and you kind of do feel hang on like she came out with him then they had they shared a kiss i don't think it's wrong of, of randy to think there's more there um you feel for both like you oh, wanna, i do you feel understand- for both yeah, you understand both, and that's the most frustrating part because you you want the you want the good, you want the positive uh, ending. And so um, he says, "I'm just a customer." She goes, "Yeah, okay." And then he throws some money on the counter. She goes, "What's that for?" He goes, "I want to dance." He's like, "Come on, let's go in the room. You can shake here." And he, he sort of mentions some some body parts and makes her. She just said earlier, you know, I'm more than just a stripper, and now he makes her only just a stripper. Mm. And so that's a uh, I think so here's what I've come up with at this point. She spends all her time trying to leave her Cassidy persona at work. That's all she ever tries to do and tries to establish his Pam once she leaves those doors. Randy spends all his time trying to make sure everybody never forgets that he's Randy the Ram mm-hmm. and doesn't ever want to deal with his Robin persona, his real name, because that's a side of him he doesn't want to go to. He wants to live the the persona rather than who he is. And it's interesting watching these two things, put them together in this romantic entanglement and then see how it suffers. But Ram doesn't go home because he's all upset. So he goes to a, um, a show, uh, a wrestling show and watches the matches. <laughs> um, Randy's in the crowd crying as our truth picks up the win in the match. I also cry when our truth gets a win on television. Um, <laughs> Randy then goes out for drinks with the boys and runs into these girls who treat him like he's a big deal. Yeah. And, hey, my brother had your photo. I mean, the girl's, like, you know, so much younger than him. But she goes, oh, my, my, my brother's having your poster on his wall and makes him feel like he's a big deal and then asks if he wants to party and he doesn't know what partying is and then finds out, okay, it's snorting cocaine in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, and the cocaine that Randy snorts is fake. Well, no guff. Um, <laughs> it's common practice in movies. Uh, usually inositol powder, which is vitamin B, often used in energy drinks because it's the right consistency and is generally safe to use, although it can produce a slight high. Mickey Rourke was not notified of this effect and actually had a brief freakout upon hearing what he had just ingested. Oh, no. And then we have a jump cut, and he's having sex with this woman in the bathroom. Yeah, he's going to town and the woman's like a woman comes in and she's like get a room guys and then just leaves yeah someone walks in on like literally you open the door and it's the first thing you would see it's like right there (laughs) so uh yeah it's uh it's and obviously what what is this this is he's just had his heart broken um he's reacting badly and then someone has given him exactly the thing he wants now it's not from who he wants but it so he kind of just re- retreats back into the persona and okay I'll I'll do this and he wakes up 
and it's in some girl's apartment and he goes home to his own place and he sleeps off the cocaine for hours and then wakes up and realizes he slept the day away and he sees stephanie's picture on his fridge and we can infer from his reaction this must be saturday and he's missed his yeah. dinner my favorite part is he's wearing the fireman boots like the um his his photo of him used to wear oh really as well so like he's really just getting into that whole old persona yeah um he goes to stephanie's uh place where i think it's stephanie's girlfriend answers the door and then tries to close but doesn't close it fully like it's still a jar so he comes in not like i'm a home invasion kind of way comes in but he comes in and tries to explain himself and his daughter just freaks out uh she calls him a living fuck up says that she hates him and he's he's trying to hug her and hold her and say it's okay i know that you hate me and then she says, no, there's no more fixing this, and I'm okay with this. It's better. And she makes eye contact with him and says, I don't ever want to see you again. And then throws him out. And then we go back to the deli at the end of this. And there's this one woman who wants <laughs> half a pound of potatoes out. And he goes up and he weighs, and she goes, no, 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 a little less. <laughs> and he takes a little, a little more. And then she goes, goes up and he goes, and it's a long, it's all one long, one long shot. Oh, and he dear. goes, a little more, a little more, a little more. Okay. Goes up, puts him in, goes back up. A little less, a little less. And he goes up, and now he just takes him out with his hand, and he eats it. It was, was back to the customers. And as it happens, like, I just noticed when the back, there are just a couple more people that slow every time he comes back, that are, like, building up, and yep. it just gets more What's and more What's the stressful. hold up? Yeah. And yeah. so then Wayne comes, and Wayne doesn't help. Wayne just yells at them. Ah. And then uh, the next customer, don't I know you? He goes, no, no, you don't know me. Yeah, I'm sure I know you. Softball? No, you don't know me. And then his his back's to the customer almost all the time, and the customer finally puts it together and goes, Randy the Ram. And Randy gets upset and punches the slicer as he's slicing some meat, and it's like hand, like, I don't know. There's not really a payoff to this. His hand was just bleed, bleeding one minute, and then it wasn't the next. Ew. Yeah, because like in the next scene, he's sort of just bandaging himself up. Yeah. Like, oh, Randy. But he quits. And I'm going, what pushes him to this? And you know what it is? He's willing to let Robin be a joke. He's not willing to let Randy the Ram be a joke. Yeah. And that's what's happened here. Randy the Ram can't ever be the guy cutting the meat. Yeah. Working in the deli. Robin can. That's fine. No one knows who Robin is. But if you can keep Randy the Ram sort of pure then nothing bad ever really happens to him. Mm. Yeah. It almost looks like the hair too, because he's he's got the hair net and everything. Yep. And the second the second he like he rips it off and he's like, all beautiful golden hair flows like, <laughs> I'm Brandy, not oh, Robert. And there's a whole thing where he's like yeah. storming out and he's like knocking everything off the shelves. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, he puts his box of tricks. This man who's got like a bleeding hand, but like, so, like he passes like several people just walking through the shop who have no idea what's happened here. Oh dear. Uh, he then gets on the phone and wants to wrestle um, and says, no, no, I'm good. I'm in. I'm in. Um, and he does the whole routine, but much cheaper than before, which I thought he would have figured out before now. So he mm. bleaches his own hair. He does like spray tan in a can. Um, and uh, he's just he's doing a little bit of working out and he's getting himself ready. Um, and then we cut to Pam, Pam's kid. Uh, Pam's going out for uh, a shift and she sees her kid playing with a Randy the Ram action figure. Uh, kids, kid really loves his action figure. Yeah. Um, Pam apologizes to Randy and tells him he's because she comes by his house because the, the the doorman at the club knows him because he hooks him up with steroids or something like that. Uh, says you're not just another customer, 
and he invites her to the match and she's like but how can you have a match and he just storms off in the van and uh we go to a ring of honor show it's a real show um bob the ayatollah that's ernest the cat miller a former wwe wcw wrestler um back to the strip club and cassidy quits she leaves her shoes backstage um a wrestler leaves their boots in the ring when they quit so i think there's probably a parallel happening here yeah that would make yeah. sense um yeah. back to ring of honor and we see uh randy getting ready and i see claudio castagnoli who would later go on to be called cesaro getting hey. ready in the background <laughs> he's got hair and he's not nearly as big but uh no he, it's definitely him uh pam asks pam walks in and goes hey well, who do i pay he goes, he goes hey, then she gets there, goes where's backstage and they just go oh it's over there I'm like, so, I know the movie needs this to happen. That is so, like, the correct answer would be, you can't go back there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she goes there. Randy's having a little bit of a prayer. And uh, then she finds him and says, look, I'm here. And she goes, look, he goes, this is, I don't want you to get hurt. He goes, this is the only place where, where I don't get hurt. Out there I get hurt. Here I don't get hurt. And he says, the world doesn't give a shit about me. And she says, I'm here. I'm really here. So she's basically saying, I'm in if you're in. Like, this is it. Yeah. I'm, I'm committing to a relationship. And he goes to the ring for his match. <laughs> because his music starts, and it's, and here's the roar of the crowd. And he said, you know, that's the thing he can't, like he said when he was in that first lap dance, it was, you know, it's, you hear the roar of the crowd, it's everything. And he goes to the ring, and we get that same follow shot from earlier, and now it's the Guns N' Roses song Sweet Child of Mine playing. Wow. Which, if there's a more 1980s... I love Sweet Child of Mine. It's a great I, song. It is, but like... <laughs> if there's a more 1980s glory song than that, I don't know what it is. The right. second those first uh, st- notes start playing, I'm like, oh, it's all, it's all over for Randy, but this music's great. Um, so it's played during uh, his entrance here. In his Golden Globe acceptance speech, uh, Mickey Rourke mentions that Axl Rose donated the song for free, thanks wow. to the film's modest budget. And the film's closing credits thank Axl Rose for this. Mickey Rourke had used the same song as his music when he was boxing in the early 90s. In the film, his character Randy, as we said, mocks one of Axl Rose's biggest rivals in the case of Kurt Cobain's. I wonder if that was a trade-off. <laughs> you can have your, you can have our song, but only if you only on if you Kurt trash Cobain. Kurt Cobain. It's nice yeah. to see that everyone's getting over everything, <laughs> especially because Cobain's dead. You know what I mean? How, like, I was oh. going to say, how many years had it been since? Oh, Cobain, Cobain yeah, died when I was himself. in. When I was in, I'm sure I was in elementary school still. Maybe not. Maybe it was like 94. I forget. Maybe you can look oh, it up. Check. Uh, and he cuts a promo before his uh, match. And he says, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. I don't move as good as I used to be. I don't remember stuff as well as I used to. I'm not as pretty as I used to be. But I still think I'm all right. No one's going to tell me I'm done except for all of you people. And the first time they did this, being a smart, marky kind of crowd, <laughs> the crowd just got in the way of this and like booed and heckled them the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until Darren Aronofsky got on the mic and addressed the audience and explained how important the scene was. They got on board and they gave themselves a we fucked up chant <laughs> before eventually responding as they should. So the match starts and Pam leaves and that's the end of Pam in this film. Pam sees yeah. that he's going to the ring and can't watch it and has been rejected again and just bails. Where does she go? Does she go back to work? at the? Str- I don't know. 
but she's done. I like that it's not known. Uh, the Ayatollah waves the Iranian flag while the crowd chants, USA, USA, and then Ram breaks the Iranian flag and then does a dive to the outside. I'm like, dude, change your style up a little bit. Jeez. Uh, they don't wrestle for long, but Ram says, let's take it home, and that's code for it's time to finish the match. Uh, and Ram's heart starts to go, and he collapses down onto his knee. You can hear like his ears ringing. Yeah, you get the ears ringing, uh, and you get the, the, the sort of blurry vision, everybody reacting. But he begs to continue. Uh, Ayatollah then trips up himself over Ram and tells Ram to pin him, but Randy goes to the top rope and looks around. We get a last point of view shot as he looks to the backstage area. Pam is definitely still not there. And then we get the same hero spot from earlier where he smashes his forearms and gets ready and then comes diving off the top rope. And then we cut to black and we don't know how it finishes. That's the end of the movie. Uh, on a side note, the movie ends with Randy coming off the top rope with a Ram Jam before going to black and Bruce Springsteen's uh, song, The Wrestler Plane, as the credits roll. When it was filmed, Ram nails the move and scores the pin. Uh, Ethan, this is supposed, yeah. to leave, supposed to leave it open. What is your take? Does Randy live? Does Randy die? I don't I don't know. My 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 go-to take is is he dies, but obviously I think it's supposed to be a bit more open-ended. I think it doesn't matter. I think the the main thing that happens is that he's he's refused to let go. Like if he lives or dies, doesn't matter. What happens is he's him at the end. Yeah, I mean, I don't want him to die, but I always read it that he died. Yeah, um, and he's sort of taking his last. Hey, if your last moments, you get a crowd of fifteen thousand cheering you for what you do and what you love to do. Now it's a bit of a bummer when I mean, it's, it's very selfish. Yeah. It's very selfish because everybody else has to deal with the fact that just watched a man die in front of their eyes, and that's not fair. At that's all. not fair. Now the movie skirts that issue: the moral obligation yeah. of Ram to. It's, it's all about him getting his send off the way he wants it. I because they don't play it like it's a victory. Because the way it cuts the black and the music, I'm. I was sitting there and I was just left with, I don't know if I'm happy. Like there's there's catharsism there for him. But in the overall grand scheme of things, I don't know where I sit with him. And I like that. I do like that. It's now, open-ended for me. I could totally go with a fan theory here and go, Ram never actually comes out of the hospital after suffering his heart attack. And this is him in a coma. And this is him finally just letting go. It's like Birdman. You can, you can yeah, think of so many, so many ways. Because he gets back into his house. He relives his... Yeah. It's kind of like he really lives his career in total going through. Yeah. And then finally letting go. With whatever that means, and top rope and jumping, maybe the ascent to ha- I don't, you can do all sorts of stuff with that. Yeah. Um, on an AMA on Reddit, Darren Aronofsky says that his reading or intention was that Randy does die at the end of the film. Makes sense, especially the way they just strike cards. Yep. Uh, Mickey was friends with Bruce Springsteen, asked him to write a song for the film, sent in Springsteen a long letter and a copy of the script. A month later, Rourke and Darren Aronofsky attended the Springsteen concert at Giant Stadium where he played the song for them backstage and then let them use the song for free. And just in a case of life imitating art, imitating life, or at least almost, Mickey Rourke gets great acclaim for this film. WWE goes, we got WrestleMania coming up. We can do something with this. Oh, no. Uh, this involved Chris Jericho, who at the time was a heel, criticizing legendary retired wrestlers such as Ric Flair, who he felt were embarrassing himself, and then brought Mickey Rourke into it. 
at the Screen Actors Guild Awards, Rourke announced he'd be competing at WrestleMania 25, especially against Chris Jericho. This led to a confrontation on the Larry King live show. Um, and I guess the problem was that Mickey, no one told Mickey Rourke about, Chris Jericho mentions this in one of his books, that Mickey didn't really get the idea that, that Jericho's purposely going to try to antagonize him to try and like sell tickets. <laughs> so we had to like have like a whole like backstage meeting with him where he goes, you know how sometimes like when you're in a movie, <laughs> you, know, you write acting? things to create. It's the idea he didn't get, he didn't get that, that, that even when the cameras are, that it's more improv but Jericho's going to always be in character. Yeah. Rourke didn't get that. <laughs> Having just filmed a wrestling film. Yeah, but all of his are you go in for one night and do one night shots. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. He never had the whole like you're in a multi week long storyline. So they end up do pivoting and Rourke doesn't wrestle, which is a shame. They felt that the WWE thing might hurt his Oscar chances. And so he backpedals and just sort of announced he'll be there, but he won't wrestle. Right. Because it might hurt his credibility. <laughs> Sounds pretty good credibility if he did a film called The Wrestler and then you actually wrestle. Yeah, if anything, yeah. that makes you yeah. more legitimate. Just saying. And it shows you're committing to the concept of what act, the film actually deals with. So what would actually happen is Jericho would beat three legends in a row. <laughs> in a knock and then rick flair who had retired so was not one of the legends wrestling it was roddy piper superfly snook and ricky steamboat but then rick flair brought mickey rourke into the ring and mickey rourke knocked out jericho with a punch because he had a boxing background right. mickey rourke brought uh one of the shamrock brothers who were famous for ultimate fighting in case he felt in case jericho tried to jump him or go off script which is the, the last thing jericho's gonna do jericho's yeah. You know, a consummate pro. He's not going to go against in the the script of the biggest show. Is, yeah. He knows he knows what his job is. There. <laughs> Which again, really, this part's funny for a guy who was in a film called The Wrestler to not realize yeah. Jericho knows what his job is here. Yeah, that's that's that was really quite funny. But again, I said Mickey Rourke, hard to work with. Yeah. So that is that. So we're in the end game now, and we are in the end game now. Um, Georgia, we need a random word. Ooh. Um, Have we not seen the whole film? <laughs> juice. Juice. There we are. Oh. Juice. J-U-I-C-E. Juice. So um, let's go ahead and talk about the money, 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 which I never looked up. Money, so money, money, money. As I look it up, you know, we heard that the budget was really small for the wrestler. Um, I'm just looking up the full figures here. There we are. So the... Uh, the budget was six million dollars. Wow. wow. Yep. What do we think it makes? Eighty. Eighty, Ethan. One twenty. You're both ridiculously high. Georgia wins by default. Forty-four million dollars. Well, wow. Did, obviously, I thought it might have had more of a, like a backlash after his Oscar stuff. Uh, it's, See, I was thinking like at least domestically it would do well because it's the, rated the, R. The wrestling scenes. Uh, okay. It's rated uh, R, so that, that's yeah, hard. That you know what I mean? It. So it does limit, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of buzz. I think a lot of people rented this is what I think this one ended up being. Yeah. Uh, but such is there. Uh, it is nominated for two Oscars. Any guesses? We said what one of the Screenplay and actor? Mickey Rourke for best actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a direction? Nope. Editing? No. Score? Best supporting actress, Marissa Tomei. Oh, very good. Fair, very fair. I mean, it, I didn't see much of the film with her in it, so. The same two, oh, that's true. The same two get nominated, but Mickey Rourke does win the BAFTA for oh, Best Actor. Uh-huh. 
And as I said very previously, it won the Venice Film Festival for Golden Lion, and that's one film wins that. It's just it's like their version yeah. of Best Picture. So quite interesting as far as that goes. Okay, who would you cast as who? It's a bit rough with this movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um oh. There's not enough characters. No, there's not. No, there's there's three and I'd say this light like main or recurring characters. Well, there's Mickey, there's Stephanie, and there's yeah. Cassidy slash Pam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really it. So I Can know. I be the kid who plays Nintendo? Sure, I would. <laughs> I would cast Liam as Randy the Ram. Yeah, mm. I would cast Georgia as Stephanie. Yeah, that leaves you as Cassidy. <sighs> Am I Cassidy? <laughs> um, oh, no, you can be. You can be. Um, I was gonna. What was, what was it? The, you can uh, be Cesaro. I was gonna say like the 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 old the old fighter, but. He's with at the end. I forgot the name of what the Ayatollah. Yeah, you give me the Ayatollah. I got a car dealership out in Phoenix, and I'm yeah. flying in. <laughs> yeah, because he he thought ahead. He thought yeah. ahead and went, "What can I do with this?" And he's not living in the past. There's an interesting, actually, because um, he even says, "I forgot how fun this was." Yeah, but, but he moved on. Yeah. He was able to sort of compartmentalize that part of his life, and Randy the Ram is, and that's a really interesting point, actually, to sort of bring up. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just probably just hanging out and doing other things i'm not actually not someone actually. in the crowd let's kind of let's watching being sure like, okay, that's me cool. that's me i'll be i'll be all the rest i can i'll, I'll, I'll be archer that's fine <laughs> what's up um whose story whose story is it now i mean i think there's I think, I think there are two stories in this film yeah yeah um i think it's randy's story but i do think cassidy's story shouldn't be overlooked it's it's one of identity and yeah like, who do you want to so be not. versus who yeah. do you feel you are versus is that accurately who you are mm. and versus how do people see you people see well. you uh what do you do to sort of play into those or, yeah. or or fight those um you know is the i think it's such an interesting idea the idea that randy's obsessed with trying to maintain who he was because who he is is a really dark contrast so you if you don't live in that in that denial what has he got going for him? Yeah. Versus Cassidy, where she's like, how does she see herself as? She sees herself as a mom and not a stripper. And it's like, you're both. Yep. You're both. I get the idea of keeping these two worlds separate, but you're not not a stripper. Mm-hmm. But you also are a mom. You're allowed to be both. Yeah, but she thinks she's just one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas he thinks he's just one too, and they're both wrong. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where he actually turns on his birth name and insists everybody call him his gimmick name. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, well, like any wrestler, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like if you ran into, uh, oh, what's his name? Ray- Rain Wilson. And he insisted yeah. you called him Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> and like continued up with, with the whole mannerisms and still yeah. showed up in like a mustard yellow shirt. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, you're, 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 you're a millionaire. Yeah. False. False. <laughs> he's, he's cool. I like Rain Wilson. Um, so there's that. Uh, we've got next. What is the story here? I think we just talked about that, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, Roll of Women? I didn't see it. So. Oh, it's a shame. I think it's really good. I should, from what from what you've said, it sounds like it's really quite good, yeah. Because they do refuse to be put into the boxes that Randy wants to put them both into. Yeah. Yeah. In order to fit his narrative. And they both do, and they both have the, they both leave him. Yeah, they both get pushed so far, and then go. I can't do this anymore, and they make the choice to leave. Yeah, it so, sounds it sounds like it's yeah, quite good. To be fair, I think it's all right. And even I will say, like, 
even from the fact that they don't make a massive thing over the fact that um, his daughter might be a lesbian, it's just sort of, it's there. It's not a massive big deal. It's normalized. I, well, I really appreciate that because that's not who she is. Kind of the film so treats it the same is. way Pam does in the in the vintage yeah. shop. Does it, is it, yeah. does it matter if she's a lesbian? No. Yeah. <laughs> she is. I, I really, that's cool. I'm, especially for 2008. 2008. It's it's great. Rather than having to go, I think it's great that you're gay. It's not, you know, which could have been done so lazily in so many films, and that would have been the whole point of the film and of the relationship, and it's nothing to do with any of that. I love that it's just throw. I think she's a lesbian. Okay, yeah, cool. The one read he gets right about his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Not useful for clothes shopping. Cool. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Favorite character, Ethan. Probably just me and you from this point. George turned it off. I, I really like Cassidy Pam. I think she's she's got such an interesting arc, and I I like even though it's really depressing where she, where she ends. I like the fact that she sort of she sticks to her belief and doesn't l- refuse. She refuses to watch him die. I'm going to agree with you on that. She's my favorite yeah. character in the uh, um thing. not because of some sort of weird Aunt May fan fiction. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no no she's just really good in this uh, mm. people people forget how good marissa tomei is in almost everything she does and she is a chameleon and like you know she was uh, i love crazy stupid love she's in that and does a great job in that she's in my cousin Vinny and wins an oscar for that you know what i mean like oh, wow. marissa tomei is great in everything she does and i feel the film might do a disservice i understand why you call it the wrestler but i think it does the film mm. a disservice by calling it the wrestler i think there's a I think it, it's really easy to overlook her her role, and that's a shame. Uh, but shout out to Randy the Ram. I thought he was great in it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, best moment, best element. Georgia, you want to go for the death match? Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be a hard pass. Okay. Is there anything that you did like about this leading up to that? I'm not going to lie. I turned off pretty quickly once the razor blade came out, and that was quite early on. All right. So. All right. So even even the threat of blood, because I knew what was coming. Because right. I've seen Beyond the Mat. I know what eighties wrestling was like. Well, you, I, you, I knew you, what... you don't put the the razor blade in your wrist tape if you're not going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew what was coming, and I was like, really, All and right. then was like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> what are you going to do if we do Beyond the Mat next year? Not watch it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I've seen it once. That was enough. Because because it, it is it is on, it is on the short. There are like four on the short list. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just Ooh. won't watch it. Yeah. Ethan. Um, it's the, I guess the altercation between, um, Randy and, uh, Cassidy, when she's Cassidy about there's my money. I want my dance. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so, it's so, cause you can see that like the, the clash of identity that even though she, she is Pam wants to tell him that not here right now, you, it still, she has to be the embodiment of what Cassidy is. And it's so, it's so well done. Cause both. I think both hate themselves for what's going going through, but that they want to resolve it. And I, I like that it it sort of just it hurts to see. Yep. I'm gonna go for the cinematography overall. I think it's really mm. strong. It's been a while since I've done something like this, actually. But I think it's more more of a story element. I think it's the uh the way the camera's used to juxtapose Randy's walk to the ring, Pam's walk sorry, Cassidy's walk to the stage, Randy's walk to the deli counter. And then finally, the real reason, and we get that that super, it's so well juxtaposed, that's that Ring of Honor show at the end, where it's mm-hmm. jam-packed, 
but you know in the pit of your stomach you shouldn't be out there. Oh, it's just it's but it, mm. that and then how tightly shot the wrestling matches are and how uh, the cinematography overall is fantastic in this film. So there's my shout out there. A lot of it's sort of handheld. And oh, that very, very really much help, so. yeah. yeah, it really helps to make it feel a lot more grounded and visceral and, and brutal. Cause it I I because a lot of like wrestling that you see now is like, you know, the the long take, especially with fighting with my family, it's like it's standard sort of like it, it's standard long shots and all that kind of stuff. But with this, I feel I'm there and it sort of almost represents how far down and less um publicized it is. Ready for this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Female cinematographer. Really? Maurice, Al- Maurice Alberti is a French cinematographer. Imagine pitching this to her. She's <laughs> a French cinematographer who works Has mainly on any, independent uh, fiction else? films. Has she what? Has she done much else? Let me take a quick like, look here. I, I would have known. Uh, she has done a film called I'm a Sex Addict. I don't think that... <laughs> man, there's a lot of sexually based stuff in here. Um, let's take a look here else. Uh, the Onion Movie. The Wrestler. Uh, oh, Creed. Collateral Beauty. Creed. Yeah, Creed seems the big one. Yeah, Creed's fantastic. And something called Hillbilly Elegy, which was directed by, oh, Ron, no. by, Ron, by Ron Howard. I watched that. I did it did not like it. It sounds like that. So there we go. But interesting fact there. Uh, let's go ahead and go with <laughs> a grumble, Georgia. Okay, okay, I'll break it down for a minute. Wrestling as a um as an art form, we could refer to it as an art form because that's probably the most accurate sure. way of describing it without calling it fake or a sport because it is neither one of those two entirely. Sports entertainment. Sports entertainment, yeah, yeah. Um it doesn't i i understand why it happened in the 80s i understand that this like brutality sort of thing was that because you didn't have i will say this uh, the death match that you saw there is not indicative of 1980s wrestling okay the death match you saw there is like late 90s stuff right okay early 80s sorry mid 80s you might you might do the bit where you might cut the forehead a yeah, little bit yeah. that's as far as you're going just right, ju- okay. just for accuracy's sake that's all okay so so that style of wrestling i understand why it happened years ago I do because I it's 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 then it's entertainment it's these things and people get into a cult mentality and it's people that probably don't have a lot of other hobbies and things getting really really into one thing and so you you get this kind of mindset of you get bloodlust people get that when they get obsessed with some sort of thing so I understand why it happened but in this day and age with wrestling and those sorts of things because it is so far removed from that to a certain degree I much prefer this today's wrestling i just it is just what i like i really like it i don't i'll still watch ladder matches and hell in a cell and all those things and i will watch them and i enjoy those yeah you're a lot of bleeding in hell in a a ladder match hell in a cell you do yeah yeah but it's not it doesn't feel as gratuitous because it isn't they're not bringing things into it no like you i smash your head off the cage that exists you probably bled from that yeah that's as opposed to i'm gonna take a a a weapon and do do this to you fake it myself yeah. like if you get genuinely i'm guessing you can see a, the ray mysterio seth rollins i'm gonna put your eye out match i know i refuse to watch <laughs> i haven't seen it <laughs> um no but like if you get genuinely hurt in the act of the sports entertainment art yep. work whatever it is that you're doing that's okay like people do get hurt doing things and if you're willing to go to that i'm fine with that but bringing in extra things that aren't supposed to be part of the thing so like the razor blades and things that aren't supposed to be seen by the audience mm-hmm. it just seems so unnecessary and it makes me curl up like genuinely it makes me like not 
cringe isn't the right word but it's the same sort of feeling like i like internalize and can't can't watch it and like i said it made me cry because it's just this overwhelming like sense of just no that's wrong and i can't can't get over that but like I, i really like wrestling i do and i'll quite happily watch the like big matches and stuff i'm a big fan of a lot of the main female wrestlers at the moment, other than Nia Jax, because she's just dangerous. They almost never... Oh, she's been fired. You're okay. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't like her because she is dangerous to other people that are taking part. No, I fully agree. A, I'm 100% with you on that. In an art form that doesn't need you to have be to, dangerous you have, you have to trust. You have to trust... You trust your physical health and well-being with the person you're in the ring with. Yeah. That's just a fact. Like you do with, like figure skating in partners and those sorts of things like there's still there's parallels between all sorts of stuff like you're, that. you're yeah when when your partner picks you up and that you're assuming they're not going to be haphazard with you yeah that they yeah. are putting as much respect into your body as they do their own yep and uh, people that don't take that as serious as it needs to be taken i'm like i don't know no. if it was jericho or bret hart but one of them said the number one job of a wrestler is keeping the other guy safe yeah that's the number one job and it should be it really should be not not audience entertainment is not the be all and end all of what it is Especially because it's a law of diminishing returns. Yeah. So if 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 I if if my head gets cut open one week and that gets a big cheer, the next week I got to top that. Yeah. Because if I do it again, they'll go, eh, this, all right, yeah. So is it more blood or am I jumping from a higher? Yeah. Uh, so where and then eventually you, this is how you get into these crazy CZW Obsessive ECW stuff, going. Yeah. No one's as crazy as our guys are. Ah. Yeah. And that's that's not healthy. It isn't, and I don't like that mindset. Okay. So, but yeah, I've spoken for long enough about wrestling. Ethan. Go. I don't really have anything crazy per se. I think it's more like it's the ending of you would not get backstage that quickly. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so it's such a weird thing. Like even if there was just a line earlier that like he had a ticket for her or something. Like, yeah, or deserved I've, 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 name on the door. I've left your name yeah. at the door. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, actually, you like could write yourself out of that really that would have easily. Been, that would have been so easy. Look at that. We fixed it like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with the same thing as George to a degree. I, it's that second match. And going, I need it from a character point to show how far he's fallen. D- is it gratuitous? I think it is. Do you know what I mean? with the fork. Yeah, like there's bits where I'm going, you could have done half of what they've done and still have him come backstage. If it was even the staple gun, that and you warned mm. me that was coming, that could have been enough. But the fork, and I'm just going, and then Necro Butcher stapling himself. I'm like, there's a sadism there, which some people are going to enjoy and go, you know, it's not, you know, you're, you're hardcore, you're extreme. This whole late 90s new punk extreme sort of version of it. Go jump out of a plane with a parachute then. That's the same thing, isn't it? Well, except for it's part of it's the pain, I think, which they. Yeah. yeah. yeah just, and to be fair, like, I'm sitting here as a giant Mick Foley fan, and Mick Foley yeah. put himself through ridiculous amounts of pain for, for, for entertainment. Now, I saw all of it in hindsight. Yeah. I wasn't, uh, I didn't have cable at the time that he was doing his thing. So everything was like legend and legacy. So I knew who he turns out to be. Yeah. And I was never sitting there going, is he alive? Yeah. Like, when you watch Hell on a Cell, if you watch it live, you're like, is he, is, is he alive? Yeah. Because this is messed up. That's not, that's not fair to an audience. No. Or, 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 yeah. Or your family at home or any of that no, stuff. No, yeah. it's not. So, um, that is that. Uh, anybody's best role ever? I think it's Mickey Rourke's best role ever. Yeah, I literally can't think of anything. Like, I compare this to Iron not, Man 2, and I'm like, yeah, it's like, I want my bird compared. compared. It's like, uh, it's, not two th- it's two different things. I'm going to go with Marissa Tomei as well. I like Marissa Tomei in many things. 
she's maybe more likable in other things, but this is, I think it's her best job as an actress I've seen. My cousin Vinny's, oh, yeah. I mean, she wins it for my cousin Vinny. Like, it's a really weird role to win an Oscar for. Like, really weird. Have you ever had a chance to see it? Like, she's okay. It's just a lovely little com. It's a lovely little comedy where she's Joe Pesci. Remember Joe Pesci from Goodfellas? Uh-huh. Am I a clown? Do I make you laugh? Yeah. She plays his like girlfriend and like gives like the testimony at the trial about why I think it's Vinny or someone couldn't have done it because of how well she knows cars. And she grew up with like these Italian brothers and all this stuff. <laughs> so it's very comedic, but she's like it's kind of like in Clueless when like Cher like stumbles upon a right answer and like yeah. runs with it. It's, it's very similar to that. She's be- she's better than Alicia Silverstone, but the <laughs> character is the same sort of gimmick. I'm not going to lie. You said Joe Pesci and you're talking about the film. And all I can see is Danny DeVito. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Pesci's like Danny DeVito's evil brother. Oh, They're both short and bald. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Joe Pesci looks like. I know what Danny sh- DeVito looks like. short and bald. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Home Alone. There you go. Oh! Uh, there we are. That's him. That's <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> so, See, now, now I know who was who. They don't look the same. But uh, Ethan, I hope you're ready because... Yeah. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Should be a fairly quick one, I think, but age game, age game. This Let's is a all really short play the age game. Uh, Ethan, what you got? So, we've got Mickey Rourke. 56. 48. George the closest 58. Wow, really? Yeah. Whoa. So he looks old in some of those opening shots. He looks great. Right after this, he had a, like a facelift. But between uh, this and between yeah. Iron Man 2, he has such a face. At WrestleMania, so I'm like, he doesn't, look, he doesn't look anything like me. <laughs> Randy the Ram, and those two, because oh, his face is all... Mm. Yeah. Oh, br- <laughs> that was a brilliant noise and facial. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. I lifted my whole face up, everybody. I took my face off. We are, we are now halfway through because we wrote Marissa Tomei. Really? Is that it? Okay. No, we got one more after that. Oh, actually, we're hoping we have one more. Marissa yeah. Tomei. Uh, I'm going to guess 40. 38. 44. She looks great. She does. Good yeah. for 44. Yeah. And then finally, she looks Evan great Rachel for Wood. any age. Forget 44. Yeah. She looks great. She looks <laughs> in Spider Man. Yeah. She looks amazing. Yeah, she yeah, looks so good. Marissa yeah. Tomei is kind of like the female Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine their babies? They should get together. <laughs> <laughs> in some be, sort of variant timeline. Good looking babies. They'd be good looking babies. <laughs> uh, yeah, so finally, we have Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, you didn't see her, so it's just me. Uh, I'm going to go with 24. Oh, almost 21. Oh, really? She's that young? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That I makes sense. Before she really gets to her. That makes like, sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, no, she, she was really good in it, though. I'll, yeah. I'll give her a I thought she was excellent. So uh, now it's time to see what did the critics think about this one? The critics. Georgia, what you got? So I have got... Um, Amy Biancoli from the Houston Chronicle says, predictable as it is, this sad, strong beast of a film keeps us pinned to the map with the strengths of its compassion and overpowering force of its central performance. Well written. Who was that? Uh, Amy Biancoli from Houston Chronicle. I do love a good extended metaphor. Well done. You you like the beginning sentence for this then. Uh, Dan Jolin says, Empire Magazine says, an emotional smackdown. Rourke's oh, no, never that been, was good. <laughs> <not> good. <laughs> Rourke's never been better, and the change of pace and texture suits Aronofsky per- perfectly. The Raging Bull of wrestling movies? Oh, go on then. He liked it too. Raging Bull was, of course, a boxing film, but yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and then we get one from uh, James Christopher from the Times UK. 
uh, says the weakness of Aronofsky's film is that these various sentimental crises are framed um, with as much subtlety as Randy's wildly overdue heart attack. This film <laughs> lurches into a predictable panic about dying alone. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, no, no Ebs on this Nothing one? Nothing from Ebs. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was 7.9 on the IMDb and uh, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely a a thing. Um, I've just found a Roger Ebert thing for... Oh, sorry. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, do this. Uh, the title is, These Guys Learn How to Fall. Do you want to sign up for lessons? <laughs> That's probably why I couldn't um, find it. The Wrestler is about a man who can do one thing well and keeps on doing it because of need, weary skill, and pride. He wrestles for a living. Pro wrestling's a fake sport, right? Yes. But as an activity, it's pretty real. Uh, finishes by saying, um, I cared as deeply for Randy the Ram as any movie character I've seen this year. I cared about Mickey Rourke, too. The way this role in this film amount unfold almost amounts to the same thing rourke may not win the oscar for best actor but it would make me feel good to see him up there it really would no the wrestler's one of the year's best films but it wasn't on the best films list i've made for complicated and boring reasons (laughs) (laughs) uh gave it four stars out of four wow so uh i think he liked it so i'd say so now uh i mean go ahead realize why i couldn't find that why is that because the rotten tomatoes website wasn't working is that right i just typed i literally went to google and went roger ebert the wrestler <laughs> I use the Rotten Tomatoes top critics. Yeah, mine. don't uh, always depend on that being there. Uh, so I would say, here we go with the wrestler. I put out a fleece as I'm known to do, and said, "Is it a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film?" George, did you vote on this? No. Okay. Fifty nine percent say great film. Twenty eight point two good film. Ten point three okay film. Two point six percent poor film. Does this wow. film skew? Is, is, is this a boys' film? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. I'd say so. Okay. It's like, despite how weirdly like feminist this film happens to be, it's very. I think you'd it, struggle it, to get women to watch this in it the It disguises itself in the guise of like a boys' film. Okay. Um. So, Georgia, do you have our uh, responses from our patrons? I do. Yeah. So we've got one from Hermes who says, "Saw this in theaters and found it deeply moving. Themes of regret, a double life, and the opportunity to prove yourself, if only in the mirror, resonated me with resonated with me in my youth. Still does even today. It's been a while since I revisited this one, but I'm glad I have a reason to now." Okay. Wow. Uh, then we have got Nate, our new patron, Nate the Great. Nate, Nate the Great. Hey, someone's been watching Lasso. <laughs> He says, uh, wow, an all too familiar tale on pro wrestling and the harm it can do to someone's personal life and physical health. Great acting and story with a cool lead in Randy the Ram. It dragged a little bit towards the middle, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, Then we get uh, Riven Booth and Catherine have submitted on the same one. Uh, It says, (laughs) just with the thoughts. Katie. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's Katie short for Catherine. Yeah. Yeah, There we go. (laughs) Sometimes things get lost on me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She says, oh. All day power outage Saturday. We could watch nothing at home, so we went to the theatre to see Lost City. It was hilarious. Rated below. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. So they've not watched it. (laughs) Okay, bless you. Uh, And then we've got one from Julene. 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 That was not great. No. Um, (laughs) He says, uh, this was a good story. Excellent performance by Mickey Rock. I think the girl who played his daughter did a fantastic job. I really believe she was a disappointed daughter. Uh, I thought the romance between Ram and Pam, Ram and Pam, was unnecessary um, and squeezed in awkwardly. I don't 
and don't get me started on the idea of Ram and Pam. I took two points off for the unnecessary romance, another two points off for the cinematography because the slightly grainy film was not stylistic. It was annoying. Uh, also, the colour grading was overdone and, in my opinion, a little bit basic. Uh, also, I could tell every time the cameraman took a step and I wonder what the budget was for the film. Um what the choice was um, not to use a dolly, um, whether it was intentional or budgetary. It was totally budgetary. Six oh, I, love the, I love the graininess of it. It makes it even more gritty. Cinematography was my win. <laughs> <laughs> and then she puts, uh, P.S., why didn't the movie tell us if he lived or not? <laughs> I have a fear that Juline likes, doesn't like open endings. No. No. Um, oh, I thought, the, I, thought the, I thought the relationship's so important in this. Yeah. A man who's so desperate to find companionship that he goes to a place where clearly it's bought and sold and then falls into a trap wrestlers often refer to fans as marks yeah and marks are you know the idea that uh you know it's real to you and yet he goes to a strip club where basically the same thing happens to oh it's so clever it's so clever don't don't strippers call like their clients johns or something or something john is if you're a guy who takes who's who's purchasing a prostitute that's Uh, john because uh, you call them John because they're all interchangeable. It's the common uh, name. John it? Smith, isn't it? John Smith. So, uh, is that everything? Yeah. Okay, great. Let's go to the uh, the fledgling fandom. I've got uh, Josh, my next favorite movie, says, It's fantastic. Haven't seen Milk, but I'll go on a limb and say Rourke should have won Best Actor. I mean, Sean Penn's very good. Tomei oh. and Wood are great here as well. And haven't we all had crazy thoughts about getting out of a job we hate? Uh, most of us never do it, though. I don't think he quits because he hates the job. I think he quits because Randy the Ram has been sullied. Yeah, but also I wouldn't smash a meat I, slicer. I wouldn't punch a meat slicer. <laughs> no. Jeez. Um, I've got some thoughts here from Danny from It's a Musical. He's written me four notes of a notepad on a phone. Let <laughs> well, me see how much I get to. I'm so excited to cover in The Wrestler. I can tell. I wanted to rewatch it again in the run-up, but I ran to the time. <laughs> so this is all from memory. Darren wow. Aronofsky is my favorite director. So when I heard he was directing this, I was stoked the film itself is a masterpiece the pacing's exquisite the narrative goes so much beyond the mat (laughs) beyond the mat (laughs) isn't just a wrestling film i love so many different moments one of the highlights is randy preparing to start a shift from the meat counter and the camera tracks from behind we hear the crowd cheering as he prepares to go through the curtain i love the sequence so much it's moments like this that gives you hope that he can escape wrestling as he is no better for it seeing him sleep in his car coasting his old accomplishments and struggle with his daughter and acquaintances is heartbreaking but he finds a new life and you hope he can start anew and this is the tragedy of the film. He's a flawed human being. I think everyone can relate to that far more than an Indiana Jones. The rest of the sequences are great. I love his extreme rules bout with Necro Butcher, especially with the framing devices used. Do you mean literal framing devices? As in, like, here's a, <laughs> here's a frame with some glass around it or inside of it. This match has happened, and then we see him dealing with the injuries and find out how they happened. Capturing the side of the biz, the hidden, dirty secret of the business, shows the extent of research Aronofsky and his team did. Between that and the convention scene, Randy is rock bottom. Why would he want to? continue but what makes this film so special if you love wrestling the ram could be anybody piper roberts scott hall r.i.p why did you r.i.p scott hall but not roddy piper i know he's recent but i love me some hot rod but list goes on this came at a time uh where you'd log on to the news sites wondering who died this time wrestling wasn't all the glitz and glamour wrestlemania the fact this film touched vince mcmahon i'm gonna come to that rather than angered him speaks volumes to its authenticity and the ending is so powerful uh, I still don't know what I think happened. He died. 
<laughs> uh, I firmly believe some got robbed of the Oscar because of its topic and collaboration with WWE. Uh, they did try to distance it at that point. I don't think it gets nominated. The nomination process is before Rourke starts teaming up with WWE. So I don't think it's that. Uh, but uh, it's better than what most was nominated at the 81st Academy Awards. And Ricky Mickey Rourke was better than Sean Penn and Milk. I'll take your word for it. Uh, I remember having to actively travel to cinema to see this. My friend and I skipped our lectures for the day. We were film students, and technically this was studying. Don't give me that crap. To travel to an independent cinema as Odeon and Cineworld weren't showing it. Um, I love this film so much. I know you guys are fellow wrestling fans, and hope you have a blast watching and reviewing it. Well, I guess we'll find out uh, thoughts about that going forward. Uh, Paul Lord of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Oh, Dwayne Smith. Haven't seen this one, so can't take part this week. We'll still listen, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Another friend of the podcast, that's Ensign Ian Davies, making it so, says, this will be an interesting listen. Everyone seems to love it on the comments here. I really didn't. Did he, did he give thoughts and a vote? No, read the end line of his thing. Okay. Um, maybe I didn't was in the right headspace. I wasn't enjoying it, and they started shooting staples into each other. I turned it off. Not for me. Interesting. So thank you for not, I guess, submitting a mark if you hadn't yep. seen the whole thing. Uh, Julian commenting about her cinematography and color grading. Uh, Russell Osborne says, my first and only Darinovsky-directed movie. I would recommend Black Swan, dude. But what an amazing one to start with. It's a testament to his directing skills that he can produce something so powerful from a form of entertainment as ridiculous as wrestling. Rourke is incredible as the Ram. His haggard and sugary surgery-enhanced face brings credibility to the role, and he's hugely likable and believable. So May and Wood are fantastic, too, but it's his movie, and of course, he deserved the career resurgence. Uh, so all the cameos from the lesser-known indie wrestlers. Carlo says, haven't seen it for a while. I remember being great. Expanding on Aronofsky's common theme of the limits between passion and obsession, Rourke was excellent, but so was Tomei. Here, here, recast and say overrated. It's good, <laughs> but people act like it blew their minds. When Harry Met Movie said, agree with this. Solid film, not groundbreaking. Uh, Ed from the Film Effect podcast says, uh, one of my favorites. I used to attend CZW shows at the ECW Arena back when this film was in pre-production and Nicolas Cage was involved. Uh, I was friends with a lot of the guys backstage, many who got to be in the film. We covered this last year. Can't wait to hear your episode. Thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, he does go into, he's a big CZW kind of fan. That's the really extreme one. And I'm just yeah. like, dude, I hear you. I uh, God bless you for your, for your own individual fandom. I just couldn't do that. I just Ooh. can't. Um, and finally, one from uh, Karim Malaki Sanchez, who says, what a cast and what a great turn for Aronofsky. Rourke is just so fearless. Tomei is so complex and heartbreakingly good. The price of fame, was it worth it? How often do we consider ourselves gods in our dioramas? An important film. Well said. Wow. That's very well written. Well said. Um, Incredibly said. Karim's got a check mark beside beside their names so i'm gonna guess that they're they're very very important people hey actually toronto there's a, there's a canadian in the house there we are so there we go thanks a lot karim for uh giving us some uh some thoughts on on, on the movie today so um now it comes time to go uh, some other critics really quickly vince mcmahon saw the film and he called uh, aronofsky says he called me and mickey and was really really touched by it it happened a week ago um, we were very nervous, wondering what he would think, but he really, really felt the film was special. Having his support meant a lot to us, especially Mickey. Hall of Famer Brett the Hitman Hart, who was a multi-time world champion, uh, enjoyed The Wrestler and applauded Rourke's clairvoyant performance, but called the film a dark misinterpretation of the business. He asserted Randy the Ram Robinson was a main avenger who sold out Madison Square Garden. So was I. Although the film speaks superbly to the speed bumps all pro wrestlers navigate, I'm happy to report most of us don't swerve off the road quite so severely. 
WWE Hall of Famer Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, was said to have been highly emotional after watching the screening of the film. Insights on the film from Piper and other pro wrestlers can be seen in Fox Searchlight's Wrestler Roundtable, which was included in the Blu-ray release of the film. Apparently, he was he broke down while they watched right. it. And not so much, I think, for himself, but for people who he knows. He's, yeah. He was very much about, he used the word brothers a lot. Uh, and it really hurt him to see so many of his brothers hurting. So, And the professional wrestling manager, color commentator, and former promoter Jim Cornette criticized the film for being an unrelentingly depressing view of the professional wrestling world, <laughs> saying it was neither realistic nor accurate to the profession for most wrestlers involved in it. So there we go. So now that we've got ours, it's time to find out, well, before they got, what did we think about it? Ethan, it's a short list today. It's yeah. just me and you, buddy. Ooh. A, lot of, a lot of weight here. Yeah. Well, where, where, where are you going with this? Uh, I I really liked this film. I'm not. I'm probably the least wrestly fan person here at the table. Uh, definitely the least WrestleMania fan here. Without without um, without Liam here, yes. Without Liam, yeah. Um, even then, I think he might know a bit more than me. But I I is is a is as a film as a piece of art. This this was incredible. This was nothing like what I was expecting. I was expecting something sort of like The Machinist, where it was going to be like almost body horror inducing. But this was just like an emotional level that I wasn't expecting. And I really like the script and the dialogue and the, the way the characters interact. And that's always a thing with Aronofsky that I really appreciate. Um, but even though that like probably halfway through the film, I'm going, he's going to die. I know he's going to die. In that final scene, I'm, I was looking away at points going, I, I don't want, I know it's happening, but I don't, I don't want this. So when it ends so abruptly and the music's playing and it's the credits don't roll for a long time. You just sat in darkness yep. with your thought. Oh, it was a fantastic ending for me with all the brutality and just like pain that I've witnessed. So for that, I'm going nine out of 10, uh, poorly chosen uh green shirts <laughs> okay oh my go um as you whenever you think of things you kind of go at least i do i go what am i feeling like i'm gonna give that thing when i start watching it and then you kind of go through it and you go and this started to win me over the more I watched it. Now the middle part with the with, with with the death match is not an easy watch, but the themes that are presented and how cleverly they present. I, I, I'm dying to teach this film. I'm hoping at some point they change the films I'm allowed to show. <laughs> Although I, I don't think with Marissa Tomei's costume I'll be able to get away with it. No, like the exam board tells me what you have to teach, but I think the themes in this are so powerful that I would. Uh, very much there's so much i could take out of this and go places with uh i um thought i had a number and it's raised not once but twice in my head over the course of watching and then reviewing the film to the point where i am going to go nine and only nine staples <laughs> in my back please if you oh. will oh. so there we go so i'm gonna go nine okay um wow. i was wrestling <laughs> between eight and a half and nine and i was going eight and a half doesn't feel high enough for what i've seen 
and I think there's a humanity. I think that I think if you don't even know wrestling, and Ethan doesn't really know a whole yeah. lot of wrestling, I think you can access this and run with this if you've got the stomach for the film, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the thing. So it's incomplete- a fantastic character study. Yeah, I think I think the thing that won it for me was the parallels between Pam and Randy and how they're going yeah. in different directions, and how. Um, Pam just keeps getting let. Pam's just another person. He's letting down. He's so selfish. Ram <laughs> yeah. is so selfish. But in the same breath, what else am I expecting from Ram at this point? Am I expecting him to change? Really? Mm. Mm. So yeah, uh, it, it, this film's a tragedy, is what it is. Yeah. But a tragedy doesn't mean it's a bad film. I think sometimes in this pod, where we're in danger of uh, when a film makes us feel good and has a happy ending, we're in danger of overmarking it. Uh, I really love the cut to black. I really love the idea that he's that he's died. Um, now, it's 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 ended at the right time because when when he lands and you got to deal with with a dead guy in the ring. That's, but, 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 <laughs> that's the, but, the, but the movie doesn't let us see that. It's 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 frozen forever in this moment of what happened. I think he died. Well, we see it almost from his point of view. It ends when for us when it ends for him. Maybe that's when his life's that's extinguished why, when he comes yeah. flying off. Yeah. That's why we don't get we don't get the closure of Pam either. She just leaves, and we know we never we, we, find we never out. go back to her. Yeah, he's never is she gonna. crying. Is she? Yeah, you don't get any of that. So mm. yeah. So the question is now: What we know what we've done? What is, what's the Patreon Patreon given us? Uh, yes, we had uh, four votes: uh, two eights, uh, a seven, and a six, coming out to seven point two five. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh, I'm guessing the six was Julene. Yes, it was. <laughs> so that puts us at 8.42, a very high rating, but below The Departed, below The Prestige, ahead of Django. Wow. I think I'd put this ahead of Django, personally. Well, I did. Oh, I gave them both nines. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, Ethan, you put this considerably ahead of Django. So I can't remember. What did I give Django? Seven and a half. I see. I like both. I think my the reason, like I, whenever anything's this sort of artistic, and you get so many different, uh, like ways that you can you can analyze a fit. Like the, the, this is totally for like my my uh, pretentious film fan like dream. All right. If it makes you feel any better, Georgia, it it, it doesn't rank as highly as Beauty and the Beast. Well, there you go. <laughs> Two films to put side by side. So, uh, this is part where I'm going to go, Q Georgia. I have Yay! now said Q Georgia. Hey. And while we're queuing, I'm going to go ahead and say, if you haven't already caught it, why don't I check up on last week's Back to the Future Part 3, listen to the birthday yeah. messages. That's all been really great. Uh, we, of course, want to thank our Patreon backers. That's Reverend Bruce, Julene, Hermes, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Yeetmeister Yeet. and Nate the Great Schmidt. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you want to be on the pod, help choose a movie. Uh, May is still up for grabs. If no one else grabs that, we're going to go back to uh, back to Julene, 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 Julene. Uh, but April is not up for grabs. April, we are being joined again next week by Reverend Bruce. Hallelujah. And Reverend Bruce. Oh, I mean, I don't know with all the power outages and whatnot, but uh, across from the Atlantic, he's t- basically telling us, "Here's looking at you, kid." Oh shoot! Have I have I mentioned the right movie? What movie is that, Ethan? That's Casablanca. We're doing Casablanca next week. Wow! So I have never seen Casablanca. No, I think Liam might have. I don't know. Liam's the most likely to have seen it. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. But I yeah. saw this all years I, ago. Have you? 
All I know yeah. is that that translates to White House. White House. Yeah. That's Casablanca. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm very interested in that. I've now taken a look. It's all, oh, it's, it's like a hundred minutes. Oh, thank you, Reverend oh, Bruce. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thanks. That's nice. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, yeah. 8.5 on IMDb, 99% on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So I'm Exciting. very much looking forward to having Reverend Bruce on the show again. Yeah. Um, yeah. and if you're hearing this, Reverend Bruce, uh, we haven't got the video. This should be out this week for sure. Yeah. Our thank you videos. But why not Why not see if your bride wants to come on the show with you? Yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and meet you both and kind of go through with that. Because uh, I, I, I know nothing about Casablanca. I don't even know what the premise is. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I know really, a couple I of know. lines. That's about it. I got nothing. It's I wasn't so even, ago, I wasn't I even sure about here's looking at you, kid. So there we go. <laughs> so that's what we're going to be doing next week. So... Um, basically, um, that's what we've got for this thing. Uh, please go ahead. We've got, who do you think you are? We're saying goodbye to the pawns. I'm not dealing with it very well. Uh, <laughs> and our next episode will be on the 50th though. And that'll be quite yeah. fun. Ethan, if I'm being honest, I think that is the tipping point of when who yeah. was cool and then it starts to decline. It's it's going to be... I saw the 50th. Yeah, the 50th. I I think, it's going to be a choppy couple of months. I, I, think, think, the 50th, I think the 50th is the last hurrah. That's not, felt, the show's not good in quality, far from it. But saying that that was the last time that who was super relevant and it yeah. was the end of it being super mainstream and then it starts to dip. So uh, we have that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for contestants for BFE Quiz Nights. So go ahead and get a call with that. It's not too late for your top five Batman uh, lists for a real roundtable. Hashtag BFE top five. We will get to it at some point. I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, Liam should be back with us next week, and he'll be pleased as punch to hear Casablanca is <laughs> happening. It's a film from before 1980. He's going to be all about this. <laughs> Uh, and then outside of also, that, it's only a hundred minutes, so he's only got a hundred minutes to stay awake for. Only a hundred minutes, so there we go. So that's really all about that. So please join us next week when we tackle the classic, and I say that with no hyperbole, in Casablanca for best film ever. I've been Ethan. I've been Ethan, and I've been Georgia. And basically, we're not going to let anybody else out there tell us when to stop doing this. You people out there. You're the ones who will tell us to stop doing this so we don't end up feeling like a used, beat-up piece of meat. (laughs) Jeez, we'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop.